Cognitive Rampage podcast. I'm your host, Adam Lowry. My guest today is a serial researcher, entrepreneur, and a, a werewolf. I love that uh, line. That's his uh, clothing line, brand name, philosophy, etc. about becoming aware and becoming a werewolf. And he is definitely that. Uh, Jason revealed a lot on this show for sure. Uh, he talked about many, many theories, conspiracy theories, etc., etc. We dive deep. We go for three hours. Uh, it's officially the longest podcast ever uh, on the Cognitive Rampage. But this one will definitely test your cognitive dissonance and push what you believe to be true. Um, but I think that's what we got to do, right? That's what we have to learn to question in life is not only things the government media tells us, but especially ourselves, what we believe to be true. But Jason does that with a passion. And man, we go in there, we go deep. Uh, he's well researched in a lot of things. Um, but you may agree, you may disagree. The point is, is you can't unlearn what you're about to hear. And he'll be posting uh, some backup, some research to a lot of the things that he stated on this podcast on our social media uh, and reach out to Jason. Find him. Uh, he says on the show there's not too many Jason Crabtrees. You can find him on Facebook, etc. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed talking to him. As you can tell, it was three hours. It was fun. Uh, enlightening in areas, scary in some areas, but uh, I enjoy these types of conversations, and um, it was fun. It was truly a uh, a cognitive rampage on some personal and global revolutions and theories, and maybe conspiracy theories, maybe just theories. Right? Hope you enjoy the podcast. This is my new friend, Jason Crabtree. Our guest today is a guy named Jason Crabtree, who uh, my producer uh, and friend Daniel McNamara uh, just said we had to have on. And um, as I was looking up to him, the guy is uh, living a rampage, man. He, uh, I found out we talked a little bit, maybe like 15 minutes on a test call. Uh, and there's a darker side that he apparently overcame. That's why you see that in the advertisement. Maybe we'll get there. But um, he is, uh, I love the idea. He was trying to bring awareness to the effect of exercise on mental health, which everyone know, knows I'm a fan of, uh, I support, uh, but not only that, he does it. He lives it for a living, uh, living up in Tennessee, which I lived in Chattanooga for a while, but living up there. And when uh, season comes around, people are up there, whitewater rafting, all kinds of stuff. But he runs a paddleboard company up there. He has a clothing line of some stuff, uh, a brand that uh, I'm going to let him explain, but uh, for everybody tuning in, uh, welcome to the Cognitive Cave and the the, the podcast there, uh, Jason. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you. I'm pretty excited. That's a hell of a fucking beard, my friend. I appreciate it, man. I owe it to every man out there that can't grow one to do the best I can. And so far, we got about nipple length <laughs> in a little over two years. So I'm pretty proud of that. My mom is not so proud of it, but hey. It's her fault, and you know my dad's too. So, ah, so Mama has a an anti beard proclamation going on. She just uh, she just knows I'm hiding a handsome jawline. It's a family trait, and she just wants it out there. You know, uh, every opportunity I can come up with to to get an edge, she wants me to do. But she sees the beard as an anti statement, and that's kind of what I'm about, actually. 
Ah, uh, so you know, I think uh, most mamas are like that, right? They're like, "Come on now, boy, cut your hair and show that pretty face." Absolutely, especially one who's about six foot tall and spent a career in the military and will and has and can and does intimidate the absolute living shit out of me. So I mean, <laughs> but I consider myself lucky to have her because um, she was actually a uh, a single parent for quite a long time and. You gain a lot of respect for women when your mom's teaching you how to pee like a man, you know, standing up. uh, Your mom's got to get real creative or they deserve a lot of respect, man. And and I just, uh, I just respect mine out of fear and love. So, you know how it is. That's good that you have that, man. That's missing a lot today, man, is that that mama love that you hear, you know, they used to hear about a long time, even the matriarchal love, you know, that came down from the grandmas and patriarchal with the grandfathers. You you see that absent a lot today. And would you say that that strong support matriarch from her provided, you know, kind of that that teaching or that lead into to what you do today? Um, I would say more of accidentally than purposefully and basically uh, my explanation is that uh, growing up, I didn't want to hear a damn thing that she had to say because uh, mom and dad, both in the military, you know, it's their way or the highway. And um, so I always chose the highway, you know. But uh, as I've grown older and gotten the life experience that I have, I realized that, I mean, she's just trying to help, you know. I mean, uh, we can get any amount of help we can get. Uh, as adults, you know, we, we almost have to beg for help, but as kids, we got it right there. So some people take advantage of it. Some people have to learn the hard way. I chose to learn the hard way, but I really appreciate that because it made me who I am. And I definitely, uh, I definitely wouldn't be the same person without, you know, without it. So. Yeah. So it, it usually takes a while, you know, maybe as we get older to appreciate some of those things and maybe even sometimes notice the shitty things too, you know, as we, as we get older. Yeah, uh, well, I've learned to kind of make friends with the shitty stuff because that's really what life's about. Um, when, you know, a hundred years ago uh, in this country, uh, there was, wasn't refrigeration or indoor plumbing, not to mention how today there isn't refrigeration or electricity in half of the civilized world. I mean, put your problems in perspective and I guarantee you, you get an attitude change real quick man yeah i mean it's true perspective and perception pushes it all man i mean the idea that some people what do they call them first world problems you know when somebody absolutely man absolutely uh i always come back to the one thing anytime i'm having a problem i say man i you know i'm a i'm a white man in america i mean at, at the very least i've got i've got the basis of an opportunity what i do with it complete choice um and I think a lot of people don't realize it's a choice. A lot of times they think they're uh, a victim of their circumstances. And I'm the first to understand circumstances because for years I did and I still tried not to. But, you know, we make excuses because it's a lot easier than the pain that goes along with growth. But I think that growth is uh, something that we're going to do whether we control it or not. But out of the few things in this world that we actually can control, we should. You know, we tend to believe that we can control other people's opinions of us, other people's actions towards things that don't even uh, affect us. When 
we need to turn that reflection inward, become more aware um, of kind of uh, our role in, in things. Don't worry about things that have nothing to do with us. Let the people who have a vested interest in those things fight that fight. Support, you know, civil liberties as much as you can, because Lord knows there are people in countries like Iran or, you know, North Korea that, you know, they have no opportunity. Well, but they may not even see that they don't have an opportunity because we are just a product of our environment. Um, yeah, we're, we, we see a lot of that you know, happening, um, that, well, the rise of epigenetics itself, you know, talking about the influence of environment, uh, becoming potentially more influential than even the genetic base. And, you know, I, I talk about that in my book sometimes, you know, the influence of epigenetics, even the genetic influence, but you know, that nature culture question, does the environment influence the genetic base, et cetera, or does our genetic influence environment around us? But, um, yeah, you're right that there's a lot of people, you know, taking an inventory of what we can be appreciative for and be grateful for about what does exist and what we do have and, and changing that perspective. But, you know, it's the cultures here, though, seems to almost create the divide on purpose as if because there's an argument, you almost have to choose a side. I mean, all the way down to Sunday, you know, yell out a different ball team that's, you know, in the majority where you're at and you got a war going on, you know. It's almost like they force this divide by feeding, you know, I don't know, wrong facts, right facts, and create this environment of dualism, if you will. You say it's almost, or are you being suggestive? <laughs> because I would think that the fact that we're both on this podcast would lead me to believe that you understand that it's created that way on purpose so that we have the illusion of choice. And this is really important because of the fact that we're in an election year. If you get down to the things that are important, like corporate tax breaks, um, campaign finance and reform, uh, as well as uh, the big banks and, and Wall Street, both Republicans and Democrats are pretty much identical. Either way you go, we're going to get the same thing. It's going to continue to pump out these loans and the, and the rich are going to get richer. And the poor, uh, and I consider poor to be everybody who lives paycheck to paycheck, which is most of us, you know, we're going to fight amongst ourselves and blame each other instead of looking up the pyramid. Um, you know, the pyramid, the Illuminati pyramid, but I won't get into that. We might get into that later. But, uh, but uh, in my opinion, um, the universe itself is binary. Um, just look at our planet. Uh, it's got two poles. Um, I think that's on purpose. Uh, I think that um, before we even had fire, uh, we had day and night. I think that's where we got good and evil. I think that everything is, you know, has an opposite. And I believe the reason for that is because, um, you know, we tend to get caught up in these laws that are man-made, but we don't, we don't accept that there are actual laws of this universe that are universal. For example, the law of cause and effect, you know, um, when we play the victim card, a lot of times we do not acknowledge the law of cause and effect, because while not every cause is within our control, there are causes in every situation that are in our control, even on subjects that you don't want to talk about, like um, 
poor battered women, you know, like the choice to stay. I mean, granted, I'm sure there is fear and there is manipulation and mind games involved with um, why they stay. But uh, my whole my whole thing in life is about empowering people because uh, Steve Jobs, for example, was a man who empowered others. Now, he had a real tough personality, so uh, he was kind of hard to respect, but the guy knew about life. He, he said this. He said, I mean, you probably know this, but he said, everything, the, the day you become free and the day you become the creator of your own destiny is when you realize that everything around you, everything, this awesome iPhone, which actually they created, this lighter, this... Uh, this lamp that's giving me light right now. All those things were created by another human being who may or may not have been just as smart as you, you know, and uh, that that empowering type of uh, mentality, I think, is a choice. I didn't always have that. But um, what's happened Go ahead. Sorry, man. Go ahead. I'm cutting you. Uh, but what's happened is, is I've faced, uh, you know, I put myself in a lot of situations. Uh, I, um, I know a little bit about your background and I know that you, uh, you kind of have like a, like a canine's nose for adventure. Um, well, that couldn't be more true. I've, uh, jumped out of airplanes that had duct tape on the outside of them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, on purpose, you know, uh, with a parachute, of course, but uh, I, you know, I choose to put myself in these situations where um, I feel alive. And unfortunately, over time, that's about the only time that I feel alive. But what it's taught me is, is that. Um, and we'll hopefully we get into why, but the problem is that um, we uh, we don't feel emotion very often. Um, a lot of times uh, we're taught to suppress it, but not just that. Um, we, uh, we're afraid to be ourselves. Uh, we talked about, you know, having a choice. Well, that's, like I said, an illusion of choice. But can, check this out. Even the individuality that we think we're, uh, we display is really within very narrow parameters, you know, Anything outside of that, and you're either a conspiracy theorist, if it's about like some sort of a, a, a situation or incident, or you're considered maybe a threat to the current establishment, when in actuality, you're just trying to exercise the thing that makes us human, which is to think, of, to think, just sit there and think. You know, a lot of times people, uh, kills me, but people will spend uh, they're tired, you know, they work five days a week, which I gave up a couple years ago and hope I never have to go back to even if I'm work doing my own thing. But they work five days a week and then they'll spend their entire weekend watching season six of the house or, or whatever, whatever the show or binge watch on Netflix it is. They're, they're letting their lives pass them by. Uh, you don't see lions and tigers and fish and turtles worried about their credit score or wanting a bigger elk than the lion next to them. They don't do that. Those are human traits. You know, we, we, we're the only animals that take out loans or that work for other animals. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, it's funny to see how hard it is to change people's opinion. Now I like what you do. 
Uh, I think that what you do is so important, but you don't get the publicity or the promotions that you deserve. You know why? Because you're making people look inside themselves and see a lot of times things that they've been trying to avoid, man. It's like, well, come on, man. It's it's like you're laying their, their, their problems out on the carpet for them. But, well, you hit that cognitive dissonance when, when you when you ask people to be inward or be reflective about their own responsibility in any destruction on a macro or a micro level, an individual, personal level or society level. When when that happens, I mean, dude, you covered a lot in that little mini rant. Well, that's yeah, not a, that, was a good, that was a good long <laughs> rampage. But I mean, you to go all the way back to your rampage. I mean, you're talking about that existence of the perfect symmetry with a with a, a, a light side. There's a dark side with all with the dualism idea. And, um, it's very easy to see something, you know, and believe that way. I don't, I don't know, you know, if it's perfect symmetry or multiverse or both or, or whatnot, but, you know, I like how you spoke also to the laws that exist outside of what we want to create as social constructs or laws. And, you know, I, I, you pose, I'll pose another question, man. Maybe I can get you in another long rampage. Um, we talked yesterday on a show that uh, we only aired on YouTube. We haven't put together it's too long but um to do so quickly but we talked about the idea of culture and if culture possibly could be an issue or a problem that perpetuates keeping us divided <laughs> oh my goodness uh the fact that that would even be a discussion is proof of just the programming that they give us what is culture now that's not a question that's rhetorical but i'm going to answer it for you it's just the color of your skin and the traditions at which you were raised because the only thing that's different is climate, altitude, where your ancestors grew up on the organic spaceship that we're currently on, the aquarium in the universe. I mean, you, you skin a bunch of human beings and put them next to each other. You can't tell what their religion was. You can't tell what their whether they were pro-life or pro-choice, you can just tell that they were human beings, okay? So culture is created to divide us because to, guess what is more powerful than the forces holding us down? Uh, uh, humanity itself, if we come together. But, um, okay, so... Go there, man. Go uh, ahead. A, a couple things, though, because I, I remind me of what I were talking about, but I want to go back because you mentioned that you don't know if this is a multiverse or what. Well, I would challenge you that your very existence is proof of the multiverse. Now, the way I'll put it is this. Science has only been around. I mean, this it's been it's been building steam, but it's really been only been around for a couple of hundred years. OK, now. We're not far enough along yet to really understand what I'm about to kind of tell you, but... Are you talking about modern science? Modern science, yes. Well, I'm about to explain. So we're just now really learning how much we can zoom in, okay? We're just now learning how much we can zoom out, okay? Now, let's take the human body, for example, and let's zoom in and let's zoom out. So if you zoom in, you you are just... Atoms. Now, your cells inside of a cell, there's other parts of a cell inside those cells is the other parts inside those other parts are atoms. Now, atoms are very, very, very small, as you can imagine. Now, 
to an atom, a cell is probably like the Milky Way. To an atom, your brain, if it's an atom that's in your leg, your brain is probably 13 billion light years away to an atom. Now, each cell in your body could be its own contained universe because of the amount of parts that are smaller than that. Quarks are even smaller than atoms. And there's a lot of empty space inside of those atoms, and they vibrate. Another law of the universe is the law of vibration, the law of frequency. It's something that we don't acknowledge in, in textbooks and things because, well, it's, uh, I'll get into that too, uh, but that goes to, towards our spirituality. See, the body, the body vibrates at 432 hertz. Now, that's important because at 450 hertz or any other uh, frequency, our bodies would actually just liquefy. It's it's crazy to think about, but it, you know, we're all just vibrations. Everything is a vibration. Uh, the, um, the light is a vibration. Sound is a vibration. Every, it, these cr things create waves, which is kind of neat. But a wave is what? It's a peak in a valley. So guess what? For every valley, that's a peak. Just like in life, no matter how high you think you got, there's always somebody that's higher, but also you can go equally down just as fast. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It means that you're figuring out this thing called life and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you know, many times I've pondered this thought, you know, and the reflective nature of the perfect symmetry of one side and another. I've often said, um, I forget the, uh, the testing, what they call where they've been colliding the atoms, et cetera. But, um, uh, over in CERN. Yeah, that's the, the Large uh, Hadron Collider, the LHRC. Huh. Yes. Yeah, that one. Um, when that number came up in the middle and it blew my mind to think that it could be halfway a perfect symmetry and halfway a multiverse or somewhere compressed within each other, like, you know, that echo of forever, that echo of infinity of last. I mean, does that vibration last forever, no matter how small or big or what? If we put a sound into the vibration, does it go and reflect and absorb? I mean, it's I've often pondered those ideas of some existence beyond some law that we may currently understand or could fathom. Well, um, if you didn't have a nose, you wouldn't know that things had a scent. But they would still have a scent. So, you know, our egos tell us that we're these civilized creatures. But what we don't understand is we have puny little senses. Our eyes aren't that good. Our ears aren't that good. Our taste buds aren't really that good. Um, and actually, there's so many other senses out there that we, we don't have. I mean, we can't see radio waves. We can't see light. Um, waves, but these things exist. Sound, I mean, these things exist. And there are other animals in the animal kingdom that can see, hear, and detect these types of things. So um, I think as humans, we should pat ourselves on the back for how far we've come collectively, but we should knock ourselves down a few notches. Um, I think the best way to do that, uh, or the way that I'm trying to do that, is kind of like through living a purpose-driven life. But uh, the way I try to promote this is through uh, my lifestyle brand. I hate to say mine because it's not, you know, it's not just me, but um, we're only one person at a time. So it's called the Aware Wolves. Um, essentially, uh, awareness 
uh, is in in a my were- opinion a werewolves, bro. That's good. Yeah, man. A werewolf. Yeah, yeah werewolves because uh, wolves are uh, some of the most uh, immaculate creatures in in this whole entire creation. I mean, the mean motherfuckers too. Well, they they also coordinate together when it comes to attacks, and they they have a very unique system and they're just, they're just badasses i mean they just really are yeah. but human beings who are uh more aware uh are also uh badasses it just is what it is now you say well what does awareness mean well there's a couple of different ways uh i believe that self-awareness is the first step uh that will allow you to lead yourself to maybe spatial awareness awareness of your environment and things like that but i think a lot of times we all think that we know, um, you know, uh, ourselves, right? Well, I thought I knew myself, you know, I was an athlete. Uh, I'd like to still think of myself as, uh, like a, a, you know, a, a free agent, you know, I'm always ready if somebody's calling, you know, but yeah. I'm currently, you know, I'm current cause I, I work out every day, you know, uh, you people say, you know, what are you working out for? I work out for life. You know, I'm working out for this game called life. You never know when you get called in. You never know when you're going to have to run from zombies or the Zika virus or something. And all you got to do is outrun one person, you know, and I cannot run very fast, but I can run far. <laughs> but anyways. That's good, man. I, I like that, man. Go um, on, brother. Take the mic, man. You're murdering. See, see, here's how it goes, though. So I uh, I start off with um, my buddy of mine. I, I got I got a paddleboard business, which means, you know, you got to get out there with your shirt off. And, you know, so, uh, so I, I work out a lot. Well. I do what I can, you know, I mean, I, I, I live within my limitations. Okay. But, um, uh, I, I got hit by a car, uh, riding my bike and, um, lucky to be here, wore a helmet, wear helmets. Uh, if I wouldn't have wore a helmet, I, my brains would have been splattered. But Dude, my- you, when you took the shot from the car, did it open up the world? Did you start seeing now? Did you wake up and like, see well, um, sudden? That is one of the many times that I've come within moments of being, uh, being just a, a memory. So, um, it was one of them, but, uh, I, I take it with a grain of salt because, um, when you, you know, when you live life to the fullest, you're going to put yourself, uh, out there. And just by putting yourself out there and knowing that you can't control anything other than yourself actually you know it wasn't even my i saw the wreck coming from you know 50 yards away but there was nothing i could do so um so my awareness was that i saw it coming you gotta explain to me on how 50 yards you couldn't do shit uh well you know okay so uh tennessee's got the smoky mountains there's hills everywhere my neighborhood has some pretty good hills my mom offered to take me to lunch and i never skip a lunch with mama man so I was trying to make it home from a, um, uh, you know, from a bike ride. Um, so I'm barreling down a hill and there's a yard sale going on in front of me at the house. And it's a, it's a corner house on the street. Uh, person's turning left, um, coming up the hill, but turning left to go to the yard sale and didn't see me barreling down the hill, but I saw them turning the whole time. And, I'm barreling down this hill, but I got my hands on my brakes and I, I tried to brake, but I started to squirt. I tried kind of got squirrely. So I just, I knew I just kind of had to take it like a man. And 
went straight through the straight on the hood, straight the windshield, flipped over, landed, kind of messed up, you know. But same day, uh, arm in a sling, carrier paddle boards to a 16 year old or maybe she was 13 year old's birthday party. Um, you know, we got two arms for a reason, two legs. So I actually spent the rest of the summer, uh, being one armed. Um, but it didn't stop me because, um, well, I'll tell you, could be worse, right? Man, I see. I love it, man. That's see, that's part of the ad. Now, have you always had that attitude, you know, Jason? Have because the way you just you wouldn't even tread on the fact that you got fucking, you know, basically just blocked and barricaded. I see that, and I lived in Tennessee and living in Chattanooga. For those of you that I, he wasn't being very descriptive, he was trying to be kind because he's humble. But those roads are fucking. They twist, they turn, and some of those hills can get really steep. And if you get off of the road, well, down the mountain you go. So you're, you know, you're twisting, twirling, coming down the mountain, you know, flying and you see the car, you know, they're going to park and whatever. Oh my God. You start losing the bike and shaking on you. Whoo. What? So yeah. all of that. But my point is, is you didn't stay in that negative. You sat right out and said, but guess what? Well, uh, well, you know, I mean, it sucked, you know, but, uh, I wasn't <laughs> born in Syria or Russia and those countries are great. But, you know, I live in a country where I can call the president racial slurs on Facebook like some of the people I see and nothing's going to happen. So I consider myself to be so lucky that um, even with, you know, even one arm, I'm still better than, you know, half of the half the world, you know, so. Yeah, it's just, it's training you for that one day you're out there on that primal adventure and the shark gets your arm and you're, you're stuck to one arm and you're going to look back and go, thank God I hit that car that day. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, um, your body is just a vessel for your heart and your mind, okay? Uh, don't get that twisted. This right here, this is temporary. What you got in here, this is what goes, you know, this is what um, permeates forever. The knowledge that you drop on other people, some of them aren't going to get it, man. Everybody has a journey, and everybody's journey is at different rates. And some people's journey starts way too late. Some people starts real early. You cannot by yourself determine where they are on their journey. And it's not up to you to put them on the place where you want them to be on your journey, no matter how difficult that is. Now, what I try to do is I try to help people not have to go through what I've gone through. Um, now, but what, what, what are we referencing? You're not going to get okay. this. I mean, let's see here. Uh, well, a little bit about me. Um, in college. Yeah, because I have um, no idea. This is the first time yeah, we met, brother. So I don't I don't have a background of you, man. So. Uh, well, my parents uh military. Well, well, my mom met my dad in the military and my stepdad, technically, because like I said, I had a single mom, but um my stepdad is is a hero of mine, so I mean he stepped in there, adopted me. I, something I don't even know if I could do. So I, on him I call him my dad. I don't even think about him as a stepdad, but uh they met in the military. I lived uh, overseas and things, lived in a bunch of places. Um, Tennessee has always been my mom's home. Uh, and it's always kind of been the one thing that I could identify with while I was wherever we were living, you know, was, you know, Tennessee and my cousins and all those types of things. So, uh, went to the, uh, graduated high school in Tennessee, uh, went to the university of Tennessee, um, go Vols. Uh, <laughs> um, are they ever going to change that creamsicle color, man? That is ridiculous. Well, I'll tell you, um, any publicity is good publicity, and you're talking about it. You're wasting your time talking about my school. Thank you for that. Okay? 
Um, but uh, while I was in college, uh, got hit, uh, got in a car wreck, a head-on collision with a drunk driver, and uh, mm-hmm. I broke my neck. And so uh, I had a real tough time dealing with that. I, um, I had a real tough time. It, I mean, anytime something like that happens, it, it, it you know it's expected that you're going to have a tough time. But uh, so they they were drunk and cross lanes and head on with you. More or less, yeah. Um, not to that, uh, you know. It, the the details are fuzzy. You know, maybe it maybe I jumped in front of a bullet for somebody. I can't really remember, but whatever it was, I broke my neck. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, my, the story's changed. I mean, no, I, I was in a car wreck, but yeah. uh, it you know it uh, it could have had an immediate uh, impact on uh, the rest of my life, and it turns out that it started what ended up having an immediate impact. But for a long time after that, I wasn't the same. Could you um, walk right away? How long was rehab? No, uh, rehab was way longer than a year. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I wasn't the same for a couple years. And I actually wasn't the same for probably half a decade because I allowed myself to gain about 100 pounds. Um, and I say I allowed myself. I didn't say, okay, Jason, we're going to try for more weight. I meant, hey. It happened, and I was in my body. So who else allowed it? You know, but it happened, and um, I, it, a lot of things come with with you know being a hundred pounds overweight that you don't realize. And um, what's uh, one? Man? What's one? What's what's something that you know hit you? Um, that you know? Well, I, I you start to doubt your own value because society programs us to only see ourselves uh, with our eyes and not the other senses. So, I mean, as long as we're pleased, you know, we can be horrible human beings, but if we're good looking, who gives a fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, a long ways in this culture, man. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I don't, at the time, you know, I, I'm real good at, be, at playing Monday morning quarterback. I'm horrible at the time. You know, I never see anything until afterwards. That's why I had to learn from my mistakes, but um, I wouldn't be who I am without them, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't care as much to share my information without them because uh, they've really just helped me see why people are, you know, uh, why um, the the, uh, role models that we respect tell us what they tell us and why it's so important not to overlook it, it, but listen to it. You know, you, you can't absorb anything overnight. I've become... Uh, I'm not going to. Uh, I become what I ca- what I call an alternate theorist. Um, basically, over the uh, over the last couple of years, uh, I've spent mo- a lot of my free time researching. From I mean, I'm talking from the ancient Egyptians to now. What in the world have I been told? What in the world was proven? What in the world was just a part of? His story, also known as history, you know, um, history is um, written uh, about the victims by the victors. So, I mean, who knows what really happened back, you know. I mean, who knows what happened yesterday? Because, I mean, if it didn't happen and I could see it, how do I know it happened, you know? Yeah. Um, But um, my journey is unique to me. But I'm trying to help have basically I'm trying to make one step forward, reach back with both arms and grab somebody who's reaching their arms out, pull them forward, 
take another step, reach out, pull those people forward. That's how I decided to attack the world and try to make it a better place because you know everybody says they want to make the world a better place. But if you ask people, you should ask all your guests, say, hey, you know, what have you contributed to the world? Because we don't ask ourselves that and nobody's really got balls enough to ask us that because it a lot of times will put us on the spot and we're like, oh, and then we make up some bullshit. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 I give money to whatever it is or whatever, but that's just really like, you know, we don't, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of religious people in this country, mostly Christians and those Christians, um, worship a, uh, a form of God in Jesus and Jesus. I mean, Jesus was like broke. Okay. Jesus didn't have nothing. Now Jesus didn't allow that to get to him. Jesus still gave what he little, he had to other people. Jesus fought, uh, to, uh, provide rights to maybe the, the lower class against the, the rich aristocrats at the time. Jesus was not respected or even really listened to until after he arose from the dead. But till then, he was just another guy. Right. So. uh, What do we you know, what do we know about these things and what do we trust as fact? Is really, really, really important. Yeah, a lot of, you know, you're talking about, you know, what people concretely believe about, you know, the world themselves. And, you know, that we we spoke briefly about that wake up call and when it happens. And a a lot of people I've met and talked on the uh, podcast, etc. They have a reference this wake up call and this this call to um, question oneself. And then through that self reflection or getting that self competence, they begin to actually be humble enough to realize how not competent they are and and what's been taught but mm-hmm. you know in my history and my you know experience all i've really found is the best way to competence is that humility the best way to you know discover self is through self-exploration but that begins with questioning everything that you may concretely believe to be true absolutely now i believe there's a shortcut i believe it's through awareness you know the more okay uh, people talk about an education, how important an education is. Mm-hmm. You can be less educated, but more aware and be, and do better. Like a hundred percent. Yeah. That's what I was speaking to. when I said self-competence for me, this yeah. competence creates that self-awareness, but self-competence becomes more specific to certain things of our life or our character to where, you know, I'm self-competent that, you know, obviously, uh, you know, speaking, you know, uh, to an example, maybe someone has some anger issues. So they say, I'm self-competent that I have that, that self-confidence specific rather than being saying, you know, I'm self-aware seems, you know, as, as the kind of, for me, the way I describe it in the book is, you know, is the generalization of mm-hmm. becoming and learning self-competence um, incrementally. Absolutely. Uh, I think that comes with, uh, analyzing your choices and being objective objectivity is the hardest thing because it's really natural to tie ourselves emotionally to an outcome. We, of course, I mean, we want, you know, we want uh, to get to our destination without dying. So, you know, we automatically want, we want that outcome. I mean, it just makes sense, but what is the cause and effect in, 
I was just uh, distra- I was just distracted like a like a, a cat with a yarn, and now I completely forgot what I was saying. Don't worry, it circles back, man. Well, I, you know, actually, um, I'm glad I stopped talking about that because there's other things that I had uh, probably brought up that people are probably like, "What the hell is he talking about?" That I want to make sure that I cover. Yeah, lean, you, uh, lean back a little bit because um, yeah. all we got are your glasses. Yeah, man. Yeah, there you go. Now I I'm a big, it. I'm a big dude, you know. So I nope. You get you put the camera back down. There we go. Yeah, now I got you full frame. There, look at that beautiful face your mama would say. Yeah, well, it's under here somewhere. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, I'll, I'll just. Uh, well, you talked about um, part of your mission is is you know helping people pull forward through that self awareness, and is is there part of that chess game you're playing? You know, in helping people. Um, it, it, you're linking it. I see a lot to the outdoors, a lot to being involved in, in nature, et cetera. Yeah. Well, uh, personally I identify as kind of a, a more of a pantheist. Um, essentially I kind of believe that we are all God. Like I said, you know, to an atom, you're a universe. Well, you're the God of your own body or your own universe. Um, I think that we are the personification of the idea that we believe is God and we don't take advantage of it like we should. But I also believe that, well, I mean, I don't even have to believe because science, scientific fact is 98% of our DNA is the same exact sequence of a banana. Okay. Like, Holy shit. What? So we're all, uh, we are the outdoors. We're lucky enough to be indoors. Not everywhere in this entire globe are people indoors, but we have completely detached ourselves from the outdoors. The problem is that's unnatural. It's unnatural. A lot of stress, anxiety, and depression, in my opinion, stems from these things. Being indoors, eating the uh, artificial diet that we do, watching TV hours and hours a day, uh, being indoctrinated to care about what other people are doing and what their jobs are, what their car is, what their cell phone is, you know, what, you know, what they're into rather than, you know, what, what the hell am I about? What do I like? What am I into? Who am I? You know, um, I call it the marriage medical military industrial complex that's what this country's got they want you married by 22 or 23 right out of college because with marriage comes loans for houses and cars and second houses they they borrow we borrow money from private institutions who actually loan us as americans the money at, at interest so they want to get us started on that trend as soon as possible. You know, they want baby showers and wedding showers and events. And Trump wants his golf courses rented out for whatever it may be. But these things are unnatural. They're unnatural. Now, in other parts of the world, they don't do that. See, we have this problem in America where we think that because we got – the Dead Sea Scrolls and all the world's knowledge in the palm of our hands that we know everything because we can fucking Google it. You don't know. I'm, I Uber 
on my off time and I had a guy today from India. He was from Hyderabad, India. Now I ask him a million questions about it. You know why? Because he knows something I don't know. Okay. And I want to know something I don't know. And I could Google Hyderabad or I could, uh, you know, see pictures on Google images, but that has, that's just using one of my senses to try to act like I know something. And I think America is really notorious of that, you know, we see it on Facebook and we think that we did the research or we allow ourselves to, to take A and Z and put them together almost like a circle. Instead of making sure that they're 26 letters apart, we just fold that circle in and we want A to Z to touch. Mm. It doesn't touch. But that also symbolizes the wedding ring. Ah, that's another, you know, but whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on the social constructs, man. It's um, you know, to to put devil's advocate out there. I mean, what what's the argument? The argument is that uh, it brings communities together. Uh, it keeps people involved, right? Because we all got to go out and buy whatever the color is that month for whatever the fucking holiday is, right? And you know, the argument is a, an economic argument, right? That it sparks economies, it keeps people moving and spending money. Right. These are the things for these social constructs or the inventions, but you linked it to mental health. I see you. I see you, brother. You, yeah, you linked yeah. it to mental health. And, you know, I've I've even gone as far back. I wrote a paper at my uh, uh, when I was getting my, my master's about marketing um, being one of the main ingredients to depression, anxieties, things being so much more prevalent in uh, this country. And then I posed the question at the end of the paper because I thought I was going to write another one, which I never did, which uh, that the down actually depression, mental health disorders spawn once we learned how to agriculture, once we became sedentary and learned what excess was. Absolutely. Well, it's funny because I'm a big proponent of uh, against uh, the current like food industry. I think it's turning us into zombies and slowly killing us. Uh, maybe on purpose, uh, and I hate to say on purpose, but uh, you got to find a way to depopulate. You know, you can't just keep having babies. You know, China allows them to only have one kid, but you can't get you can't pass that in America. People think you're crazy, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, whether you know, I've I've walked down that that lane of uh, on purpose or not, and it's hard when you look at uh, of just our species anyway. What we tend to do is just go, oh, look at that, it's yummy, and we do the whole thing at once, and then we go. Oh shit! We could spill some of that oil in the ocean. It could really fuck some shit up. Maybe, maybe we need bigger pipes or something. All right. So we tend to just rush into shit. Well, then we look back and go, "Fuck," you know. And the food is, you know, we rushed into this idea of mass producing, chasing the everyday low price, chasing the dollar hamburger, chase. Well, I mean, and, and essentially, really following what MBA teaching teaches is lower your cost of production, lower your cost of overhead. I mean, and that's what we've done, but we've run into these things that work and we're caught up in a corporate system. And once man and woman could know, I mean, look, I'm going to go off here for a second, Doc. Go off. Come one on. Of the, one of the number one things that people want to do if you talk to somebody in the United States is, I want to travel. I want to travel and see the world. Well, look, we all want to is because we're nomadic that way anyway. We used to travel and walk the earth and massage it with our feet. We used to see it. We ate that way. We didn't tote around barrels of fucking berries and bushes. We, we ate what we found along the way. We explored and we saw. 
And then we learned excess. We learned sedentary. We stuffed our faces before we worked in the farm all day. Then we stuffed our faces and passed out at night and repeated the process just so we could say we had excess and then grow in things, man. And that part of excess has begun to, I mean, we've soaked it in all its potency in this society without question. And we've run toward fracking. We've run toward oil. We've run to things before we even process a notion or even have a conversation about what could happen to my kids or your kids or this world or like I love what you called it this big spinning floating aquarium in this multiverse man well um see it's been uh it's been something that's, that happened over a couple hundred years but there are there's a cabal in this world and a cabal is a secret organization that's trying to have a, a hidden agenda essentially and oh, you know there's oh, well well now uh th- th- make sure the doors are locked but uh, <laughs> here's kind of how it works you got the house of sod which is the uh, royal family in Saud run pretty much run shit in the middle east um you know, you get, uh, so we're talking a billion people that the House of Saud in Saudi Arabia really kind of controls. You got the House of Windsor, which is the Britain royal family, and they pretty much got all the European countries kind of under control. Then you got the Vatican, and the Vatican pretty much has all of South America, all of Central America, and all, of course, of Italy, and all Catholics under control. And then you got the Rothschilds, who are the private banks in, in this world. And I don't say in this country, I mean, in this world, there are only three countries in the world who do not use a Rothschild commercial bank as their central banking system. What? Do you know what those three uh, countries are? Um, Let me guess. Denmark, Finland, Sweden. Not even close. Jesus Christ. Um, North Korea. <laughs> North Korea. North Korea. I went the other route. I said, all right, there is on this end of the spectrum or this end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting it. All right. So your, your communist areas. North Korea, Iran, and Cuba. Okay. Oh. Now, here's something that's going to blow your mind. Okay. And this is kind of what started me on this path. Okay. Those are the three countries in this world that do not have Rothschild's banks. In 2000. The year 2000, Y2K, put yourself back in there, okay? Mm-hmm. There were two other countries on that list. Uh, Could you guess it? Afghanistan and Iraq. How ironic, huh? Holy shit. Now, and now who are we talking about? Now you see these Republican fucking puppets up front going, we need to go into North Korea and take this guy out next. So well, it's t- and they're even screaming Iran. They're screaming Iran. Well, okay, screaming. So here's the thing. Well, uh, if you take them out in North Korea, they're just going to replace them because it's a countrywide thing. Um, Cuba, we're opening up relations with. Iran, we're opening up relations with. Mm-hmm. You see how? So, you know, the people, these people who who crazy uh, Illuminati, conspiracy theorists and this type of thing, they got pretty good reason if you look at the facts. I mean. Um, I've never heard that described like that with the houses, man. I thought you were going to go into a conspiracy theory, theory I've, I've messed with and heard before. But as well, you okay, so, houses, yeah, you were 
You, yeah, I'm listening. All right, so so this this is something that I cannot reconcile. Uh, have you heard? Have you ever heard of the Rothschilds? I mean, most people have heard of the Rothschilds. Most people, when they hear the Rothschilds, they think wealth, but they don't really know how necessarily. But they know they've heard of wealth. Okay, it's been said and proven. Now, who knows what that means? Okay, but it's been proven that the and I didn't prove it, so how do I know that? You know, I did my research, but you can look for yourself. That the Rothschilds have the uh, collectively have the largest fortune in, in history. I'm going to let you think the wildest number you could possibly think of what the Rothschild fortune is estimated at. Um, what's our national debt? What's it at today? A few trillion. All right, um, hundred hundred fifty trillion dollars. Five hundred trillion dollars. Jesus, and I gotta research the Rothschilds. They make uh, millions a day just on transaction fees at their banks. Now. See, this has been going on for a long time, and so they actually are supposedly in control of about half of the world's wealth. Now, with that type of money, you get bored because you can't take it with you. So what do you do? You, you lust for power. Now, how do you get absolute power? How do you get power? You control everyone and everything because that's the only way you can really, like, Enjoy life because everything else is like no fun to you anymore. You know, you you bring up a, a two points here before you keep going is, um, you know, a lot of the majority of the world, even in, in the United States, they don't experience what power really feels like. It's too busy chasing money or comfortability or experience. And so um, you can see on shows like House of Cards or something when they really emphasize or amplify the idea of chasing power. And uh, you say it, I, I joke a lot. I say, where do rich people play when it becomes relationships and sex is they play in their mind. That's why you always find it some rich, crazy person doing some ace wild out the door stuff, right? Is that you're right. They get bored, but you find a place you have to play and you play in your mind. And when you look at things like World War One, Two, et cetera, these were powerful people playing land grabs from poor people. That's what was happening. And what you see now is the same thing. You see rich and powerful countries doing land grabs, but now resource grabs because we're resourcing for water. We're resourcing for meat and good soil. Uh, oil will be gone eventually, but it's a resource grab and a land grab. All use, You're right in that chase for power. And it all started when they murdered Nikola Tesla so he wouldn't uh, give free energy to the world in the 1940s. Now, that's a that's my opinion. That's a pretty radical. Yeah, yeah, opinion. Gonna, yeah. You're going to skew some, uh, but it's man. Okay, so it's like this: Nikola Tesla died in his 40s. Nikola Tesla died uh, mysteriously, but I mean, people die mysteriously all the time because people. Uh, it's usually considered suicide or accident. Yeah. Uh, there's a guy named, I got to get off the subject for a second, uh, on the subject of that. There's a guy named Steve Quayle. He's uh, he's a, a really staunch Christian, but he's also a conspiracy radio host. 
So it's really awkward. Because, I mean, a lot of those conspiracy theorists are really devout Christians and believe that the Bible's prophecies and things like that. I'm actually on the other end, which is kind of crazy that we kind of kind of marry uh, in the middle as far as um, believing these crazy things. But Steve Quayle compiled a list of 125 scientists of the world's top scientists since 1984 that have died of mysterious circumstances. That's either accident, uh, murder, or suicide. And? And. Um, how, how, what's the percentage? How? A hundred percent of them have died. Uh, they have all died. 125 scientists have died mysteriously since 1984. Okay, 125 is the total. All right, I got you. Well, that's how many he's compiled. Right. Now, now we're talking about people who are Nobel Prize winners or, or, or the like. Okay. So these are people who are, are at the top of their fields, not like a depressed junkie who's addicted. Those types of people don't tend to commit suicide. Okay. Well, you saw the, um, what were the holistic doctors that disappeared? Yes. Two, yes. Three of them. No, I mean, yes. up to six or something. Uh, it got pretty, it got pretty ridiculous. And that actually scared me a little bit because, um, I personally know of plenty of guys, uh, a couple names. Uh, there's a guy named Ted Gunderson. Um, there's a guy named Bill Cooper. You ever heard of Bill Cooper? Mm-mm. Bill Cooper was a conspiracy theorist who was murdered uh, in by the feds in November of 2001, about two confirmed? months. Confirmed by the feds? Hold on. Uh, well, yeah, no, he, he, got, he died in a shoot-off with the feds. Oh, okay. Um, uh, at his home uh, about two months after 9-11. Now, uh, the reason he became to the feds' attention, well, he used to work for the feds years ago, but... He actually, in, on June 28th of 2001, on his radio show, which you can YouTube, Bill Cooper, June 28th, 2001, he said that, first off, he said Timothy McVeigh has ties to the CIA. He said that the guy, Mohammed, the guy who uh, bombed the uh, World Trade Center in 1993 had ties to the CIA. Leave Harvey Oswald, who supposedly killed uh, JFK, had ties to the CIA. But he also said that they are, that he was told that they are planning an attack that they're going to blame on Osama bin Laden. And his exact words were, don't you dare believe it. This was on June 28th of 2001. Holy shit. And what happened to him? He was murdered two months after 9-11 by the feds in a shootout. Right. Right. But, yeah, but when, in those instances, there's no evidence. So they could have said, I mean, how do we know? We didn't have video cameras in the guy's house. You know, we just trust what they're saying. Yeah, man. It it, uh, it gets crazy with a lot of these things, man. I mean, I get death threats, too, on this show. Uh, and um, it, it's for random things, too. You know, uh, I... I it's not as much as it was uh, the first year we were doing this show. Uh, we were, I was angry. I was in the middle of a wake up process uh, politically, if you will, not politically. Um, I'd already woken up in that life since, you know what I mean? But chasing self-awareness, but um, you know, certain documentaries I was watching speakers uh-huh. I was listening to, and you start kind of go, wait a minute. And like you said, you, I search, you search out the competence on your own and you got to go deeper than two, three Google searches, you know, uh-huh. and, um, and there's so many, it, 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 I was angry, but I was doing a lot of shows last year about 
you know, what ifs and this is bullshit. You know, hell, my appearance on Joe was, I was angry. I was angry at the money grab as people were dying for pills. And, you know, when you first wake up like that, uh, when you're seeing things that you thought and you said, wait a minute, you, the whole fucking time, you know, you start to crawl out of yourself and, and be negative. And that's when those, the death threats were coming pretty hard. Then, um, they've slacked off a little bit now. I'm sure after this show, um, (laughs) You'll spike those for me, so I, I appreciate that, man. Well, I'll tell you this, man. Uh, you know, we're all uh, in this fight together, and if they can't see that, see that. The, the funny thing about these people who get who get mysteriously killed and things is they're just trying to help fellow humans by exposing things that are anti-human by humans, if that makes any sense. You know. Um, like uh, the reason that Steve Quayle believes that um, that all these scientists are dying is because these uh, these elite Illuminati is what they call them are going to release a pandemic on the world and um, the uncivilized countries they'll kill they'll kill themselves off but in civilized countries you have a choice you can either receive the vaccination. Or get put in one of the FEMA camps. Um, now, that's scary because um, inside of the vaccination, there is a RFID chip. So basically, they're going to be able to supposedly mind control you and also oh. monitor you through a very minute chip that you could not see that they injected in you when they gave you the vaccine. Where is this coming from? When, 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 when are they dropping this vaccine? Well, I mean, okay. So here's the crazy thing. I do not get into dates. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the people, they, they, they say that they're crazy. Um, I think they, you know, they go a little bit too far when they say, uh, you know, uh, December 21st, 2012, uh, the world's going to end or June 7th, whatever it is. That's ridiculous because you, uh, you're, you're, you're saying that, you know, um, I think what you're really saying is that this could be just as well be likely as anything else. But when you start putting dates on things, that's when, you know, you're you're believing it a little too much with not enough proof, because if there was enough proof, you could take it to the proper people, probably not the authorities, because a lot of times the authorities are going to be implicated in some of the things that that exist, you know, um, but there are there are avenues out there to get like, you know, whistleblowers, you know, there are avenues. It's not the easiest thing and it's a scary thing. Yeah. You wind up like Edward Snowden and not allowed in. Uh, who many, probably not your viewers, but many people call a traitor. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he couldn't be farther from a traitor. He could not stand what was going on. And, for human rights reasons decided to risk his own life like Jesus, just like Jesus risk his own life for the greater good. And he gets, uh, he gets, you know, backslapped. I mean, a lot of people, cause remember the mass media controlled, you know, which you know is, you know, pushes the idea of a traitor who revealed military secrets, putting our, our veterans in the way and of harm's way. Exactly. And, this is how the pitch came. Well, who wouldn't listen to that and go, oh, he is a traitor. He put our, our, our poor boys and girls in, in, in harm's way. But I would ask, 
if you have a local government or a local community that you're paying your your taxes to and somebody figures out that they were using that tax to put poison on a playground, w- would you get mad at the person that revealed that to you and be like, no, he's a fucking traitor because it, it ruined the Orange County school system? You know, I'm, none of that happened. You know what I mean? I'm just, for example. You know? No, man, okay. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that that people are exposing, man. Um, like I said, people live worshiping uh, c- uh, comfortable lies over uncomfortable truths. Um, it just like there are people who are exposing every single thing that people are doing that's bad. And there are people who are ignoring them and shunning them and cutting them off from society and calling them crazy and all those types of things. Yeah, now, news are, oh, okay, sorry. I'm going to drop some knowledge on you that may get, may get us both death threats, but it's going to fucking blow your mind, okay? Right. Now, the I'm mainstream ready. media is not covering this for their own ass reasons, okay? Inside of the Edward Snowden documents, the leaked documents, inside of those documents were enough documents to irrefutably prove that the United States domestic and foreign agenda has an extraterrestrial element. Oh, Jesus. Now, let me, now let me tell oh, you what man. that means. Oh, man. What, what these cables are saying is that the Nordics, who, are, who we think of as a, uh, a race of human beings, but are actually the closest looking aliens to humans. Now, the, these Nordics live the, in Switzerland, okay? That's where all the what smart we, people come from. What do we know about Switzerland when it comes to military conflict? It geniuses. They're neutral in all military oh, neutral, conflict. But I'm, I'm talking their special forces that they on the back and the technology that they produce. The uh, I'm, I'm going to get to that. Hold on. Uh, yeah. you, you're blowing my load for me now. Hold on. <laughs> My bad. I was making myself Hold on. Now, uh, Swiss never get into fights uh, with other countries. Uh, you ever heard of a Swiss bank account? Those are the things that all the criminals have because there's no the laws in Switzerland are so lax. And the argument is that it's because the the world is actually run from Switzerland, and these Nordics are actual aliens who are the aliens that oversee us and that America is kind of almost like an experiment of like all the lands put into one from all the different cultures in the world. Now there are people. That's the first one. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, I've, hey, do me a favor. You got a computer in front of you? I do. Um, yeah. I want you to Google something for me and I want you to tell the, the viewers what you see. Google the Swiss Frank. 100, like the 100th uh, bill note. All right. I'm pulling and Frank is spelled F-R-A-N-C. Google images. Swiss Frank, right? 100. Swiss Frank 100. Google images. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Hold on a second. It's moving slowly. Take your time. Take your time. My mouth takes up a lot of bandwidth. So does my beard. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you that the alien um, over there is the 
That's the first one. I mean, because mostly everything's been explored as far as I knew with almost basically no evidence of alien life at all. And um, hell, I even like that aliens. Uh, or um, I got more. To, I got more to tell you. Hold on. So did you find that money yet? It's pulling up right now, man. All right, just it's, make it's taking a minute, man. It's uh, here so, we go. so I'm going to continue, okay? So, what am I looking for? Which, which picture? The uh, any of them that show the Swiss frame, uh, all the oh, Swiss. Shit. You talking about with the aliens walking on the back of it? Oh, how crazy is that? They what have, the fuck? Look you, at that. If, if you look at the fifty, there's also an alien on there, a bird type alien, which a lot of people would know as the Anunnaki. Have you ever heard of the Anunnaki? Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. All right, hold on a second. I'm gonna move the camera and okay. put it so people watching. Uh, let me know if you can see the uh, image if I'm squared up for you. Yep, I can see it. I see four aliens, and if you look, that's the double. Uh, they're also uh, this is a uh, ancient geometry. If you look at the, you see where the, the it's an Illuminati sign, the circle with those images. You know, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. The circle looks like some sort of flight it, object. Yes, yes, that's exactly this what it is. Money. This is their money over this there. This is their real money. Go to the fifty. It's got uh, it's got the double helix on the the DNA double helix. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take you on a little journey of what I think is my opinion of human civilization. Okay. All right. This is gonna be fun. You ready? Yeah, I'm trying to cast the image behind me on the okay. uh, on the screen. But, well, uh, it's like this. 6,000 years ago, uh, we, uh, we had the ancient Egyptians, okay? The ancient Egyptians, uh, maybe 12,000 years ago, gave us the pyramids and all the things that they gave us, okay? Now, the ancient Egyptians were actually preceded by the Sumerians. You ever heard of the Sumerians? Yep. Well, the Sumerians were the first to have civilization. Before that, we were like, you know all hunters and gatherers or what have you. And, and after the Sumerians or because of the Sumerians, we got civilization. Now the Sumerians actually started, uh, wrote down their creation story on these Sumerian tablets. Now these tablets are actually where they got inspiration for Genesis in the Bible. Okay. These Sumerian tablets. Now these Sumerian tablets, if you Google now, if your followers want to Google a guy named Zachariah Sechen, Zachariah Sechen is the PhD doctor who actually deciphered these tablets. Right. He's also the, the person, this is a PhD doctor who's the most educated human being to know what these tablets say. And he coined the term ancient astronauts. Okay. Here's what he said. These tablets show that these Sumerians did not just all of a sudden put two and two together and get four. They were given the information by what they considered to be gods or the Anunnaki. But the truth is, is that wasn't gods. That was just aliens. But when you're uncivilized, you think that it's probably supernatural when really it's just extraterrestrial. So the Sumerians turned into the Egyptians. The Egyptians disappeared. The pharaohs disappeared. Well, they really didn't disappear because what they did was they took their civilization and they went to Rome. From Rome, they started the Roman Empire, and it was the same kind of like bloodline. Okay. Now, the Egyptians, don't forget. This now, that's, 
How's that tracked? How do they track that they went to Rome to start that? I mean, aren't we different skin tones between over thousands of years? Okay, this is not immediate. They didn't just jump in. I mean, they 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 they, they squeezed everything out of Egypt that they could. Now, here's the thing: sons married mothers and brothers married sisters in Egypt. Now, the reason they did that is to keep the bloodline pure and to keep the money in the family. Okay, but check this out: it didn't work. The oh, so what happened was. Uh, these uh, Anunnaki in, in these tablets, it says that these Anunnaki had come here to get what's called megalithic gold. It's gold that comes in a form. It's almost like the stuff that you like sift through in the, uh, you know, in those things at the um, at Branson, Missouri or here in Gatlinburg. Yeah. But um, so these Anunnaki were sent here to our planet to mine this gold. Okay. Well, they actually, they saw, primates now who knows what primates were around at the time who knows what that was well they actually injected their dna into these primates to create what is human they used these humans as slaves to actually mine the gold for them they were probably they were entrepreneurs of the time okay now these anunnaki were not gods like i said they were just extraterrestrial now, the, the idea of the devil isn't necessarily what we think of as the devil. See, Jesus and the Son of God, the reason we call Jesus the Son is not the S-O-N, it's the S-U-N, because our Son is the, represent, is the messenger of the universe that keeps us aligned. You're Just talking like, about the, the interpretation from turning that, uh, the son of God, even when they reference the Jesus, even by saying the son of God really. Uh, okay. So Jesus himself is a figure that arose hundreds of times. In history. You, I don't mean to throw you left. Oh, okay. no. what you're well, saying, but I was pointing out that yeah. there's some research that does point to the idea that uh, the use of the word son was, was uh, manipulated. So the, uh, the, you know, um, so ancient humans, they didn't have, they didn't have language. They didn't have tools. They didn't have civilization. All they had was really just fear. You know, they were like they were like animals, like cats in a corner. And uh, at during the day, they kind of were able to thrive and find food. But at night, they were they didn't have fire. They were uh, they were scared. I mean, they, they associated the night with bad things. That's how you get good versus evil. And so the devil, the idea of the devil is actually. Um, another species of uh, alien, which uh, is called by a bunch of different names, but uh, it's reptilian. Uh, a lot of t- people call maybe called the Vril, V-R-I-L. And they're supposedly running the country right now. Well, they're definitely running the underworld. So what we don't realize is, is that the reason we can't find, okay, you, you ever heard of the Fermi paradox, F-E-R-M-I? I have, I have. Well, the Fermi paradox says, I mean, I'm, this is for your viewers. No, no, please. Yeah, um, where are all the fucking aliens, bro? Like, that's basically what the Fermi paradox yeah, is. There's absolutely almost no evidence that points out to any extraterrestrial life at all. Well, from- that, there's a reason for that. The surface of a planet is the worst place to be on that planet. You're subject to asteroids, the weather, the sun, uh, lack of atmosphere underground is where you're protected 
from the elements. Now, there are suggestions, and I mean, this is pretty common uh, alternative theory knowledge. And I say alternative because the second you call it conspiracy, it's, uh, it's ignored or whatever. But it's really just an alternative to what is presented to us using the evidence. Well, I mean, they talked a little bit about this on, uh, I think it was Joe Rogan and somebody the other day with Eddie Bravo or something, but uh, no, no, Michael Shermer from the skeptic guy. And um, they were uh, talking about it. They did find it funny that one thing, no matter what continent you're on or where you live, we've all agreed that gold is valuable and worth something at some level. Absolutely. There's a reason for that, though. You see, you have all the elements inside of your body. Okay. Now, gold is the most valuable to to the aliens. Okay, now I know that sounds crazy, but when when the okay, so when the Christians, what they call the apocalypse, or when that, or maybe it's the pandemic that I'm talking about, money's not going to matter. That, so uh, the Rothschilds have gained as much money as they can, but they know that that system is a balloon and it's going to explode. So they have gold as their currency once that happens. Because money will not last forever. I mean, they're already talking about a digital currency. Shit, sign me the wrong one. There we go. And we're back, bro. 
Holy shit, you there? All right, he's still. <laughs> wow. Welcome back uh, to the Gardner Marin page. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Here we go. Here you go. Hey, hey, hey. hey man, I think uh, I think the uh, the NSA <laughs> shut us down because I was telling the truth. Yeah, man, I, I think they saw you coming, bro. Well, I mean, it ain't the first time. I'm looking for I'm looking for the men in black to come by and erase my memory right now. <laughs> they are. Uh, yeah, they they were covering this topic big time um, the other day with the skeptic guy, and um, uh, yeah, they were comparing the gold that we, you know we all wanted gold at this uh, and, and chased after that. And look, let's just um, you know skeptics are out there, etc. But for a minute, if the people listening would at least entertain this notion that if if we can believe in something that we call God or something that oversees everything that controls everything that birthed everything that watches out for you, that talks to you, whatever. If, if you can fathom that notion that there's this one creator spiritual thing, is it that far fetched to also assume that maybe uh, in a notion that this also could be true on top of it or just this? I mean, you spoke to humans for a long time, for almost 200,000 years. We had no tools, no nothing. We were just oomph. And then uh, we start using tools. And, you know, you could bring in Terrence McKenna's stoned ape theory of that small. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, yeah, that small 50,000 uh, year arrow or years when we got smart all of a sudden, we became self aware. And we can look at the development of us. I mean, even if you look now and you look at the idea, if Joe Rogan says it a lot, what would we do if we went to another planet and we found primates like us that were basically showing each other their dicks and blowing shit up? We would go, well, we got to run tests on them. And we would. We do it now. We test on monkeys and chimps and animals now. So, of course, you know, if we found another species on a planet, we would test the shit out of them now. The notion that they came here, they gave us the DNA, and then we slowly developed over time. Oh, that's just that's just my guess. Sure, sure, sure. And then to look back, though, if like uh, they pulled up a video on Joe Rogan Experience yesterday or a picture that you can search now where you see an orangutan hanging from a tree or hanging from the edge using a spear to try and go fishing. I mean, that is a tool. And how long before the orangutan figures that that's also a weapon? And to where he can defend himself with a pokey stick. Couple you know, and, right. So you dude, there's a video out right now you could look up where there is a they fuck up, bro, is the uh these uh, African uh, militants and they handed an M an AK forty seven to a chimpanzee and this chimp starts to fucking fire the AK forty seven, figures out that it's working, they all take off running because he's spraying everything. <laughs> But then he learns to stop it and stop pulling the trigger, start the trigger, pull the trigger. He figures it out. And then you see at the end of the video, he runs off into the forest, into the rainforest with the AK-47, bro. It's like the beginning of the Planet of the Apes, dude. It's crazy shit. So, I mean, look, so I started this by telling people, look, if, you, if you're if you being greeted with cognitive dissonances and hell knows and it's too much for you, um, I get that, right? And Look, there's all kinds of research that says things, but, you know, at the most, entertain the notion of an idea if, if you have to or, or think about it. Because we, for the most part, there's what we know and what we believe and what we research. But, I mean, for the most part, I think we know a whole lot less than what we do know. Well, it's like this, okay? We talked about culture and how culture is meant to divide us. Well, think about this. Maybe, just maybe, okay? 
Maybe God is a message. Okay. Uh, hold on, man. Hold on, brother. Everything tripped out when it died, man. That's cool. Sorry about that. Keep going. Didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. No, you, okay. Maybe the uh, creation story is, let's just say, is the most important message. So we have this creation story, and we want to deliver it to a species right now. Well, oh, my God, bro. It's all good. Shit's tripping out. Hold on, man. Now you're all good, man. I apologize, man. Is your computer get hacked? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's all good. No, we actually lost internet totally. Like, uh, it clipped out on the screen behind us. We lost the whole call. Like, that that's never happened. I've never tripped out internet and lost the whole call. We've lost well, bandwidth. The, the NSA has trigger keywords. And if you say too many of them in a row, I mean, you can get knocked off. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened. Let's be honest. Like, look, you said a lot of out there shit in order in a row. And I've done this is 64 podcasts and we have never lost Internet. We have things hooked up to make sure that doesn't happen. And all that did get bypassed. We've lost signal before, but I lost the whole show. I mean, this will come up as part two on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, It's funny, though, because for the like, you know, this has been growing in me for a while. You know, I feel this is my purpose is to try to. Uh, become a martyr for the universe. You know, the universe doesn't get enough credit. You know, um, the universe doesn't care about us. As, you know, our ego kind of gets in the way of things. But the fact of the matter is, is the creation story is important. But maybe, uh, let's use Muhammad and Jesus. Those are two people who, uh, you know, half of uh, the civilization worships in the flesh. Well, Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is FedEx. Muhammad is UPS. They're both delivering the same message to you, but UPS has their way that they deliver and they do things differently and their box is different and their tape is different and the person that comes to you is not wearing brown, shit brown. But hey, you got UPS and people use that too, and it works, and people get their messages delivered and things like that. You know, if people would look and say that all pe- anybody that believes in a god should consider anyone else that believes in a god an ally instead of an enemy, because they both believe in things that you can't prove. Wouldn't you think that they could combine forces and say? Whichever one it is, it's probably both or the same because we're both wrong and we're both right. Let's you know band together. But instead, we uh, we uh, religion as an institution separates us. Now you mentioned something earlier. I want to I want to really talk about. You said uh, you said open up your mind and everyone feels a spiritual sign. That spiritual sign is not an accident. Okay, we have a spiritual sign. It actually emanates from a part of our brain called the pineal gland. The pineal gland, from my research, is actually the most important part of the body because it's at the base of the brain, and the entire skull and the entire brain protects the pineal gland, which actually looks like an almond. Now, the pineal gland is where scientists think we get our spirituality. Um, the pineal gland is where people, uh, the, the part of the brain that fires when people are using psychic abilities or teleconnect abilities or using their mind to bend things and all the other things that are supernatural, they actually emanate from our pineal gland. Now, 
I'm about to tell you probably one of the world's biggest conspiracies that nobody wants to stand up and um, and st- stand up for, but I'm willing to do it. Um, so a spiritual population is a dangerous population because they don't need religion because your relationship with your creator is your business. And you can have that without going to church. Actually going to church doesn't help you get that. If anything, it hel- it hurts you from getting that. Okay. So what happens is, is that we feel this spirituality and we have to express it. Now, um, we have decided to express it through religion, but this pineal gland uh, is becoming less and less a part of our brain because of one thing. There's something that is the uh, essentially the rat poison of the pineal gland. This one thing that pretty much just kills it off. Do you know what that is? Stress. <laughs> fluoride hmm so you're now you're gonna connect the fluoride in the water right do you know why they tell us they put fluoride in the water it's because you're missing certain minerals and good for your teeth because it's good for your teeth now the reason that they have put fluoride in the water is because well one somebody sells fluoride and they want to keep you know a company doesn't care about humanity they care about profits so they're trying to sell fluoride but it calcifies specifically the pineal gland hmm i don't know i'd have to do my research that's but, yeah tell I've me done, what you do but i've done my research i've done your research for you but you don't you don't have to believe me i'd rather you know it it sinks in more when you do it on your own yeah for sure but here's the crazy thing we live in a i i personally own one okay but we live in a um, in a society with two hundred dollar toothbrushes, okay? And you're going to try to convince me that we need to add something that's dangerous to our water to protect our teeth, while you're also selling me a fucking two hundred dollar toothbrush? Which is it? Is dental health so boring that a regular toothbrush can't get off anymore? So you got to get the fucking Bluetooth one so you can fucking be on your fucking Bluetooth brushing your teeth or some shit. But we need fluoride in our water to protect our our dental health. Doesn't make sense. Mm. But, but yeah, imagine... No, my, my research is short here on that. And I know they try to say it was for a couple things, for uh, keeping it clean at the same time. But you never... I mean, look, let's just look back. I mean, and, and trust that on what they, if you want to reference, have al- have told you about many things. They told you that prescription drugs were no problem. They tell you that, um, I know, corn's good for you. They tell you uh, that GMOs don't bother you. They tell you these things. And we can look back over time and understand that... You know, if I if I call most people on a random Thursday and ask them, hey, is the government looking out for your best interest? For the most part, they're going to get a hell no. But if you point out reasons to where this could be it or this could be it, you become a conspiracy theorist. You hit concrete walls and giant cognitive dissonances because, I mean, it's too much. I mean, they've done experiments. Cognitive dissonance will make people stay in a home they know will be flooded and die the next day. You ever seen the Stanford prison experiment or heard of it? 
Ah, the name has it. You'll probably start talking about it. It's I mean, a movie right? that just came out. I mean, it's it's been out on DVD for a while now, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's a true story. Billy Crudup is the main guy, and this guy got funded a study where he had, uh, let's just say, 10 um, prisoners and 10 prison guards, and they were supposed to stay in this place for, let's just say, 45 days and switch on. Uh, the prisoners had to be on, or you know, be sub- submissive to the guards and things like that, and the study only lasted for 11 of the how many ever days because the the prison guards had become drunk with power and were actually harming the prisoners and the prisoners were taking it as like in a stockholm syndrome type of way where they they were in an alternate reality you know what one of the craziest things in the world is? Is that reality is subjective. How you think? How could reality be subjective? But it is. Because I don't. Think that. <laughs> it is because guess what? The, no, I, I agree with you. I'm not one of the ones that think. How could that uh, be? I, I, mean, I open that in the book uh, thoroughly. Actually, the suicide bombers. Reality is that those uh, those virgins are just on the other side of that timer. That's his reality. He wouldn't do. He wouldn't kill himself if he just thought there might be virgins there. He knows. He knows that there are virgins there, but we know that there's not. Well, we don't know anything, but we know that that type of thinking is dangerous because you, anything that you can't prove is dangerous, and a lot of times, even things you can't prove, you got to wonder how did you go about proving it, and what was your biases. Yeah, we got to say that for a lot of the shit we've talked about too here, from the fluoride to the. Um, I Absolutely. mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, name it. Well, he, here's here's what I've learned o- over the years. Okay, um, I don't claim that any one thing that I say might be true is true, but I think we can both agree on this. The person who believes zero conspiracy theories standing next to the person who believes all conspiracy theories. The average person could probably assume that each of those people are probably some right and some wrong. Each of those people, right? Like out of if I put up 10 conspiracy theories. Likelihood less than 10 would be true, right? Mm -hmm. But even if just one is true. Shouldn't that make us question what we think we know? Beautiful. Yes. Well, think sir. about this, though, man. Yes, sir. Do you, think, do you think it was a coincidence that the last speech that John F. Kennedy gave, he spoke of a secret society of people who he was going to expose before his presidency was over? Yep. And then he gets killed, but we don't think it could be those people. Dude, when money is involved at massive amounts, I mean massive, massive amounts, anything is open and possible to what will happen and what people will do to protect that. I mean, if you're talking generations of passed down power. I I, I can fix that for you because I I started talking about Nikola Tesla and some crazy shit about Tesla. Do you know who Tesla is? Uh, I just what what would the general knowledge you uh, okay so you do okay so you you do know the creator inventor he okay. he was stolen yes. his form of electricity okay, so so one of the crazy one of the craziest things about Nikola Tesla is that 
He's probably one of the most influential and important figures that ever lived, but that, but he's not been portrayed that way on purpose, but he's not been portrayed that way. Okay. Oh, they made him a psycho kook that was talking to pigeons and Ben Franklin had it right. Or Thomas Jefferson had it right the whole now, time. He came to America to work for Thomas Edison. Edison. Okay? Yeah. General like Electric. Yeah, now, I at the time, J.P. Morgan of J.P. of Morgan and Chase or whatever Manhattan Bank was one of the richest men in the world, and was the guy who actually funded all of Thomas Edison and his apprentice uh, Nikola Tesla's work. Now, Tesla was doing side work because he actually didn't get along with Edison, but his side work involved trying to figure out. Um, alternating or uh, trying to figure out uh, uh, free energy because he believed it was possible. Now, one thing that you won't hear about is that Nikola Tesla uh, patented, and you can go to the U.S. patent trademark website and find the patents for the world's first spaceship. It was actually a spaceship looked just like a spaceship. It sat two people, very archaic, but just like a spaceship. This was in the early 1900s. It had flat screen TVs on the wall. This is in the early 1900s. He he admitted at the time that he got this information from aliens. He was saying that he got this information from aliens. Okay. But of course, like they were trying to silence that. Now think about this. If, uh, the richest man in the world at the time uh, was John D. Rockefeller. John D. Rockefeller started Standard Oil. Now, anybody who considers themselves an informed citizen needs to watch the movie on YouTube, How uh, Big Oil Took Over the World. Okay. Now, is there a special documentary? Is there one? It's a, it's a documentary. And What's it called? What's the title? You know? I'm I'm 99% sure it's how big oil took over the world. I just I just watched this one recently and it tied together so many things. Mm. Okay, so back when the average household income for yearly was about 500 bucks, John D Rockefeller was already a billionaire. Okay? So you can imagine like how much money he had. So mm-hmm. what he decided to do was take some of that money and use it for global influence. And the first thing he did was he made the whole world reliant on oil and found oil in the Middle East and all those types of things and started getting money off that. Work started working with a guy named Andrew Carnegie. You've heard of the Carnegie, you know, the Carnegies. He also yes. started the, Rockefe- the Rockefeller Foundation so he could do philanthropic efforts. And what really was, is a tax shelter. So he could do these things and say it was a tax shelter. He started the University of Chicago. Um, he also started the first pharmaceutical companies. See, a lot of things use petroleum, okay? So petroleum is very important to our society all over the world, okay? It's most important for our energy source. Now, there is an end date to our energy source. I mean, you can't, there's going to there's gonna be a day where we run out of fossil fuels, coal and oil. Mm-hmm. And to, if Tesla would have given us free energy, in the 1940s, imagine how different the world would be without that oil money because that oil money turned into the education system. So they started to indoctrinate us through the education. That same oil money, that same oil money then started all the pharmaceutical companies. Now that pharmaceutical companies 
they are treating people who are sick because that money also started the food industries. So the food industry gets us sick through putting shit in our food. But then that creates patients for drugs and other things. Now, cancer is caused by a lot of these. Okay? Cancer is caused by a lot of these foods, you know, uh, uh, onion rings and hot dogs and all this shit. But the thing is, there's already a cure for cancer. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. You are dropping the bombs on here today, aren't you, man? Have you ever heard of Max Gerson, G-E-R-S-O-N? Yeah, I've definitely heard of this one, man. You're dropping them theories down today, aren't you? Max Gerson uh, uh, basically cured himself of tuberculosis. He he cured hundreds of important figures in the early 1900s of many diseases, but mostly uh, cancer. And the way that he did it was just through a diet. Now, that diet calls for a vegan diet and coffee enemas every day for 14 days. Now, that's all that. That's the guy. Yeah, that was the coffee enema guy. That's here's right. The, thing. the Gerson Institute is not in America. Well, there's one in San Diego, but it's just for research. The actual one that you can go to and pay is in Mexico because they won't allow it here in America. I thought they proved that coffee stuff was all just not working. I thought that. No, it has nearly a 100% success rate, but there's one catch. You have to maintain a vegan diet. And a lot of people, they, they can't do it. They, they, I'm not a vegan. Uh, I don't eat as much meat as I used to. I used to be a proud meatitarian. But I realized that that's not necessary. But people, people, you know, they, they can't give up their Doritos. They can't give up their bacon. So they actually kill themselves over, over these things. Have you ever heard of the show Fit to Fat to Fit? Um, no. Okay. It's a, it's a TV show on A&E. It comes oh, on on Tuesday nights. Yeah, it's, it's on it's, TV. And I don't watch TV, I don't watch much TV, but I watch this show. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a, a very obese person. This very obese person has a personal trainer that they're paired up with. This personal trainer takes four months to gain as much weight as they can, usually like fifty or sixty pounds in that four months. Then that personal trainer loses that weight back over a four month period with this other person, and that way they have vested. Uh, in you know a vested thing in this person, so that it's not just the personal trainer uh, training uh, relationship it gets a little bit deeper. Yeah, that sounds like uh, Steve's show. Our guy was putting together, he still is putting together a show right now, losing it with Steve. Well, that is uh, pretty fascinating, in my opinion, because these people put on like thirty or forty, fifty, sixty pounds in like four months, but they're just eating like the worst food. But that's because the uh, the the food is probably one of the biggest problems in our society because it makes us confused, um, it makes us uh, tired. Um, uh, our blood sugar is always like this because of the amount of sugar. If you look on, do you have anything in front of you that actually I have a bottle right here now? Oh, this this bottle shows. 
the daily allowance of everything on here except for sugar. The uh, the sugar the sugar lobby um, lobbied the FDA not to put uh, the daily percentage of sugar on uh, packages. Yeah. And the, re- the reason they did that is because uh, soda. Uh, soda has like more than a day's worth of sugar in it. So if you were to see a can of soda and it said it had 150% of the day's amount of sugar, they might sell less soda. Oh, so, that's right. You see the World Health Organization put out, what, the 25 grams a day is... 20% of your diet should be sugar. They got strong-armed by the sugar lobby. You know who the sugar lobby is? It's the old tobacco lobby. Uh, yeah, because they what they're, what they claimed, what, just 25 grams? Of, that's not a lot. That's just 25 grams of sugar. No, 20% of your daily allowance should come from sugars. Oh, that's crazy. That I thought it was, the, yeah, the World Health. They said 25 grams. WHO, yes, because the sugar lobby uh, threatened to boycott uh, and not supply the money that they had promised for a specific program. Now, the reason I say it's important that the sugar lobby – Bar, uh, is borrowing tactics from big tobacco is because um, in the 1950s, there was a shift. Okay. Back in the 1950s, um, people actually wanted their food produced in factories because it was safer than chopping it up at home and killing it. You know, it was like, it was actually somewhat safe to have it in a sterile factory over yeah. doing it yourself. But see, we took it too far. You know, we, we went too far. We tried to like these companies try to get too big because companies are just a bunch of shareholders and they want returns. But the problem is when you uh, the bigger a company gets, the more likely it's going to make sacrifices when it comes to either the, the quality of their product in order to cre- uh, to meet the demand of the quantity of the product. Well, yeah, they have to. They're trained. It's, uh, you know, how much to make the product, make it as cheap as you can, make as as many as you can, as cheap as you can, to sell as many as you can. And machines like corporations are built to run off the numbers and the algorithms that work and not include things like what big agriculture and um, big meat is actually really doing to our environment. I mean, agriculture itself is destroying a lot of things. It's major issues, man. But um, we always seem to realize too late or not do enough research when we start. I mean, you said it right. We went too far again. Do you think it could be that the powers that be knew all along, they just didn't care? No, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Let's, let's think about this. If it, let's, let's just assume. Whether they knew or not, I don't know about, excuse me, I don't right. know about knowing or right. just being a human being and, and chasing, you know. If you have money, you can hire the most important of all like the 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 best of everything the best of everything is going to give you the answers or it's going to be as close as you can get to the answer right 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 so when money's not an issue you've got the 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 information now let me ask you something remember how i told you about that pineal gland remember how i also told you about how we all emit frequencies yeah man did you know that there are patents for sonar weapons now these sonar weapons use a lot of the same frequencies that satellites use. Now, you probably know, and your readers probably know, there are thousands of satellites up above us, but they don't consult with us before they put them up there. And to be honest, I don't think there's a human being that knows what every satellite's for. 
how do we know that some of those satellites aren't actually sonar weapons that are beaming frequencies into our bodies that scramble our frequency and make us confused and tired and easier to control? Well, <laughs> I'm, hey, who knows, right? We I don't know. But could it could it be possible? I mean, of course. Well, of argue course. against that. Because see, here's the thing. There's. A, have you ever heard of the conspiracy theorist? His name is David Ike. Yeah. No, I haven't. But the argument would be what is? Oh no, no. The government cares about you, and money doesn't run this country, and corporations are not in charge. How many that examples does it take? Okay. Here, here's something that's this gets me fired up. But this is this is probably the worst um, trait of Americans. Okay. On an individual basis, if we were if we were lied to, if you, uh, I'm gonna put you in this scenario. Let's just say you have a a girlfriend, okay? You could have a wife. I don't know, but we're just gonna say for the for the sake of this example, and your 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 wife, okay? Tr- we all agree trust is the most important part of a relationship, okay? Now. In our personal relationships, we value trust more than anything else. For to, so much so that if you um, if you lied to your wife on something that was bigger than just a white lie that we all tell to just not, yeah, honey, that looks good on you, or whatever those white lies are. Um, if you told her a lie and you got you got kind of caught for the rest of your life or y'all's relationship, if it survived, she would constantly remember that that one time you had lied to her. Now that's not even anything against her. That's, we should be that way because people should have to constantly prove themselves every day to us. Just because you say you love me, prove that you love me or whatever the case may be, okay? Now, all it takes is one time for our most intimate relationships to crumble, but we can be proven Two, that time and time again, the companies that we buy products from and that we identify with as brands lie to us, get caught doing all these sinister things, but we push those aside and continue to be loyal to those brands, which is completely against how we actually act in our own personal relationships. Because if somebody lies to my face, they are no longer considered uh, an ally. They're an enemy. But uh, when something gets uh, done when it comes to the food industry or, uh, you know, whether or not 9-11 was an inside job or all these types of things, we can't imagine that these things would be possible. Well, as a conspiracy theorist or an alternative theorist, all you have to do is be right one time and identify with someone because you don't know what their one identification is going to be. With a lot of people, it's my evidence that 9-11 is, is an inside job. I personally believe that one of the princes of Saudi Arabia is the one who, uh, who arranged it all through American channels. and America. I don't think that President Bush knew anything because I don't think he was really smart enough to know anything. But I think that Dick Cheney probably knew and a lot of other people, but I'm, that's neither here nor there. They used holographic planes. Google holographic plane 9-11 on YouTube, you'll see a, most people are too busy. They, there's a 20-second clip that shows it was a hologram plane. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't, but I'll be looking it up. Now, look, I have two of questions. I, pro- I, I promise you, I promise you, if you look up 
free energy event. Okay, so repeat that again. There's this woman. Her name's. I want to tell you. Hold on. I'm. I'm going to read directly from it, Doctor. Google Doctor Judy Wood. All right. Dr. Judy Wood is the leading uh, engineer structurally in America and has done extensive research on 9-11. She says that some sort of uh, energy source that we don't know about is what caused 9-11 because it literally disintegrated. Yeah, I heard. I mean, people have talked about hearing hearing explosions going off in the building. I mean, that's because the weeks prior, agents from the ATF and the FBI were planting fucking explosives in there, so that when the hologram plane came close to the building, that's when the explosions would happen in the line of a plane on both sides. But see, the thing is, is the plane wouldn't go through the building. But the but the most of the explosion came out on the back side as though the plane went through the building through steel. Yeah, they they were even yeah, that, they were even showing some evidence about uh, heated bins and the uh, steel frames about how it you know even demolished and crumbled straight down like a demo of a building. Uh, there's a the lot. Best, the best evidence to me is Bill Cooper, who's. Now, there's also a guy, I can't pronounce his last name. I believe it's Michael Pasucci. He's actually in, in Leavenworth. Now, this guy was a genius, and the FBI and CIA used him to come up with their, their backdoor software. They got one software called Promis, P-R-O-M-I-S. Google it. He, he created the software, and he actually has, um, like, he's, he's considered, like, one like one of the smartest men to ever live, okay? But he's been in jail for like 20 years. And it's on some bogus bullshit gun. Uh, I think it's like meth charge. They, they basically, they were, the CIA was, you okay, if, if you're a good counterfeiter or if you're a good criminal, the CIA will actually pull you out of jail and let you work for them. So if you're a good enough criminal, you don't, you, you don't need to be in jail. But if well, that's, you're nothing, like, that's nothing short of what the feds and DA do for exactly, both. Okay, exactly. Exactly. So that so they had this guy working for them. Well, this guy is like it created hundreds of different things for the for the Department of Defense, and had a lot of contacts in the Middle East. In prison, in uh, I believe it was March. So Bill Cooper was in June June twenty eighth, two thousand one, is when he proclaimed all this stuff about they were going to blame something on Osama bin Laden. A couple of months before that, Michael Pasucci, who was in Leavenworth, he didn't have access to the the news, uh, asked to meet with an FBI agent and told the FBI agent that his contacts had explained to him that there was going to be attack and they were going to blame it on Osama bin Laden. This was in April or whatever. They left. Uh, they didn't do anything about it. They didn't. Do, the FBI, the CIA, didn't do anything about it because they were in on it. But they didn't do anything about it. But then, the day that it ha- or the day or the day after it happened, they came and saw him and roughed him up in prison and 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 blamed him for being a part of it because he knew about it ahead of time. But okay, so the way that the government, okay, a lot of people say that conspiracies can't work because so many people had to be a part of the conspiracy. Right. That is, I'm here to tell you that is not true. 
the government and the military work on a need to know basis. Okay. So you don't realize that you are carrying a bomb in this package, but you deliver it to where you're going. All you were told was to deliver the package. You didn't know it carried a bomb. You were just on a need to know basis. So just, okay, let's just take a regular corporation. Okay. A regular corporation is built like a pyramid. Here at the bottom, you got all the workers, the worker bees, the people who make all the money. You got middle management here, and then you got, let's just say, the chairman here. Workers and middle management go home, go to work, they go to lunch, they clock in, they clock out, they, they bust their ass to make their money, they go home, and they eat dinner and watch, have a beer and watch TV. They have no idea what the small group of people at the top have planned as an agenda for the entire corporation. So they're actually aiding terrorism or whatever it is because this corporation's main motive at the top, who only five or 10 people even know, is sinister. But but the middle management's like, no, it's not because that guy's not included. So he doesn't know. So like the like for example, they say that DEA agents or ATF agents came in and put um, the bombs in the World Trade Center. Maybe they didn't know that's what they were doing. Maybe the bombs were in packages or something else that looked like a a repair job of some sort. Who knows? But just because. Well, that's a scary notion, man. I mean, when, like I said, when you touch on people's cognitive dissonance to think that even remotely true, um, it, it could be that. But like I said before, if I pulled somebody to the side and said, hey, do you think the big banks in Wall Street are out for you and looking out for you? They're going to tell me, hell no. They're going to tell me not at all. I mean, this election year explains a lot of it, too. So people are very quick when you ask them, do you trust the government for X and Y to go? Hell no. But then if you put something to them that actually challenges everything they've believed up to date, that cognitive dissonance can be so strong. Like I said, they've done research where they're showing where people refuse to move from their home knowing a river would flood in X amount of days and refuse to because it was too much to believe and end up dying. Why people at three and five miles back took off. You know, so, I mean, that's so strong. Well, um, see. I mean, I'm, and frankly, I don't know. I know a lot of the things you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like maybe you said, do some research and so we can have these conversations again. I'm just trying to bring up things that could possibly be. The reason yeah. I th- the reason I think the way I do, I come, you know, I moved around a lot, but I come from a small town. I've lived in small towns and I lived in big cities. And I've seen what small towns do to you and I've seen what big cities do to you. Small towns, there's not a lot of diversity. Big cities, there's a lot of diversity. In big cities, it's not scary when a Muslim family moves into the neighborhood because there's probably three or four Muslim families in the neighborhood. In Kingston, Tennessee, I love my hometown, but if a Muslim family moves in there, they're probably in trouble. They're probably in trouble. I mean, they're not going to necessarily get physically harmed, but there will be people in town who do not understand why they have come in and messed up the great thing that Kingston has going or whatever the case, whatever small insert, whatever small town. My point is when there's not a lot of diversity, one of two things are going to be created fear, which is most of it or curiosity, which is what it breeds in me. Anytime I'm around something that's not like me, I automatically think, what can I learn from this situation? Awesome. Because I already know what I think, but yeah. I want to know 
Why? Every day I wake up thinking today is going to be the day I learn everything I knew was a fucking lie and everything becomes clear. That excites me when I wake up in the morning. A lot of people, they think, God, please don't let anything change. Please don't let anything change. The thing is, things are going to change anyways. Anyways, life is going to change. Your body's going to change. You're going to... If there was a, you ever seen the movie, just, I think it's called Just In Time or In Time. It was a Justin Timberlake movie where on their arms, I think they had like the amount of time left yeah. in their life. Yeah, it was a good movie. Imagine if that was real. Imagine the motivation and urgency that people would have. Even if it said 40 years, you would still be like, only 40 fucking years. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. You know, yeah. we start comparing ourselves. I'd be like, that motherfucker says 39. I'm going to live a year longer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it would be, we would, you know, we would squeeze everything out of life. You know, we wouldn't sit here and go, well, I'll just trust those people because we wouldn't trust them. We wouldn't trust our own family if they, if they lied to us. But people can't re- reconcile. And meanwhile, people will walk through a grocery store, read the word natural, know it means shit and probably means poison. And you're right. Forgive that brand every time they buy it, day in and day out. When when I woke up, man, and I'm realizing some of the things in the normal spices that you buy, you're putting on food. You saw McCormick has finally agreed to pull out some poison and, and go uh, all the way, right? So, I mean, you you speak to something strong that I think if I walked up to any father or mother out there, and I tried to hand their son or their daughter, uh, I don't know, some chemical to try, uh, they would more than likely fight, call the cops, defend their child. But it's okay that I'm going to go to a grocery store and I'm going to hand them tons and tons of poison directly. And you know what I'm going to do to those people that are t- sold me it and told me it was natural? Nothing. I'm going to buy it again next week because it's what we know. It's what we're comfortable. And you know what? It's what I deserve. But I'll tell you one thing, man, like uh, using critical thinking in all aspects of your life is it's exhausting because I uh, people around me get frustrated with me because anytime something says new and improved, you know, 33 percent more for the same price. I question that because I, I know that marketing is the biggest way to fool us, you know. Um, we don't investigate these things. We believe them blindly. So new and approved just means we changed the fucking package and charged you a dollar more for the same thing. Well, I ask him if it's new and improved or extra strength, what did you make the first time? Exactly. But people want to, uh, people want to uh, have a sense of, of reality that, maybe kind of is comforting more than is real. Now you spoke to an arrogance. Human beings want to know. And even if we don't know, we fill it with answers and the medical field does it by calling things diseases, you know, that we were not sure about. I mean, we, we create things that we don't know in our human arrogance because we need answers and unknown just doesn't fit. And I could apply that to a lot of conspiracy theorists too, that have to solve something because it has to be. Well, we look for patterns. We do look for patterns. Right. That's a human trait. And as you hunt those patterns to find, I mean, that's just natural is what we do. And so you could push it that way or the opposite way in the same. But for the most part, 
people aren't willing to question their own patterns that they create because it involves their life, their choices, and their experience, and it's what they know. And so to question their own pattern or to point out a irresponsible pattern as like maybe feeding your child poison, and this is too much. This is too much, and I, I just can't take it. Look, I'm telling you, we lost probably a third of the viewers within 30 minutes of talking to you, and then they come back, and you can see them drop on and drop off and where it picks up and where people can't take it. And we'll, I'll get the emails over the next couple of weeks, I promise you, that are going to on those. But like you said, if if people don't aren't willing to at least question, and it starts by questioning yourself, well, then you're just sheeping the whole fucking ride. The best part is, is I'm not even saying these things are real. I'm saying that these theories are out there and they make just as much sense based on the evidence as the theories that were told. What is the job of the Federal Bureau of Investigation to investigate to find the truth? Who investigates for, against what they're investigating? Nobody, right? Well, the people who do are just conspiracy theorists. We take the facts that we can prove. And try to put together our own, you know, like their own theories of what might have happened. That's all that uh, the, that a cop does. But you're considered kooky because you're not going along with what is what you're told. But let me, well, let me ask you this. You devalue someone's life right away. Because when you say something that hits that concrete belief, they believe something based on what they've experienced. And so when you hit that, you devalue them. And so that's why it's immediately greeted with offensiveness or defensiveness is because you you hit that concrete dissonance. Let them, let these people, anybody, look up the information and think for themselves. Don't, you know, don't take what anybody says as gold i mean not even your parents because you're even your parents have their agenda too their That's agenda right. is you know a, to, to better you but it may be different than your own agenda no, even your say it, bro parents force their fucking beliefs down their children's throat and try to make little micro versions of them while they shove them out into the world wondering why their their kids make the same mistakes they do like like i said all this information is available to everyone but the thing is is the only reason it's not on ABC is because seven corporations own the mainstream media. And those seven corporations trickle down to thousands of products. So if you stopped watching ABC because ABC said something you didn't like to hear, but you needed to, the world is a matrix, essentially. Um. You're not going to watch it, and then they're going to go out of business because they're in business to make money. Let me ask you a question. You're a big cognitive guy. I want you to explain something to me. When a thought pops into your head, you don't think of it for it to pop into your head. It just pops into your head, and then you have that thought. Convince me. That that is not someone sitting behind a computer and typing in a command, hitting enter, and it's showing up in your conscious. All right. If um, I'll see what I can do. If we can tap back to the first evolution of where man came from, we talked we talked about it early. 
And for instance, uh, an example, we may have been sitting around a fire at one point in our life and uh, sitting tightly in a brush breaks. And then our guy sitting next to us disappears by a devil in the night. And, you know, something we could trace to is why it's weird that most kids on every continent are scared of the dark. And you could link this to the idea that, like you said, the dark was the devil. That's when animals feed it. That's when they most still do. That's when you disappeared. And frankly, if you slept in a place, you could wake up and your buddy was gone in the morning and a blood trail left it. So if we tap back into our whole evolutionary period of, of what we've experienced. And now they've proven that we even passed down what we experienced uh, in the womb, that women passed down uh, PTSD even before children are, are even born. And taste, I mean, children are known to come out and fear their father's voice if they were yelling a lot during pregnancy. I mean, so the more we pass these experiences down, our body is this, and mind, etc., is this operating material where in a half a second we can take all of the events happening in front of us from the colors, the sights, the smells, then what we do is we compare that through all of our experiences. But because we have so many experiences of evolution, what we do to fasten, make it go quicker, is we concrete beliefs, things that we believe to be reality and true regardless of anything, even though you and I both believe there is no reality. And if there is no reality, then, uh, well, most don't believe that. So, then what we do is we concrete our realities to say, this is what we believe, this is what I know, so we can respond faster to smaller things and events in our lives. And so if and we're amazing creatures that we can take our Rolodex, if you will, our data, our memory of experiences, and then quickly compare them to a present event looking for fear or flight, right? Do we fight or flight? Is this friend or foe? And then we filter that all the way to our reason and our new things that we believe to be true. And if they associate with what we believe, if they do not devalue what we believe to be true or any of our past experiences, if they learn parallel, then we create the thought that constructs the feeling that we have. So we go from experience to belief to thought to feeling and then feelings predict behavior. And that's how I would say over an evolutionary period. But what this culture has taught you to do and us, not you, but all of us to do is to simply feel for how you think and feel for what you believe. Well, that's reverse ass backwards. You can't just have a feeling until you have a thought. We conjure feelings with our thoughts. Our thoughts are meticulous sentences we put together with purpose and intention and meaning to conjure up and prove that what we felt initially on instinct based on our past belief must be true and must be reality, aka the concrete belief. And until, like we said at the beginning of this, that we can question all those concrete to believe, well, then we simply keep responding as if the brush is breaking and we stab the person only to find out it's not evil or monster this time. It was your fucking neighbor. I just I got did. a Will Ferrell in old school moment. Do you need to take a drink of water? Because you just went off. That was good. That's that's where I would say instead of a command or computer program that we do are, I would say, yes, we are programmed behaviorally, evolutionary, cognitively, environmentally, all of those genetically somehow combine in some spiritual thing that we call spirit now. Maybe it'll be called something else later. Maybe it's really software. Who knows? But it it all kind of comes together in this culmination. And for me, brother, the hardest thing that or the, the thing that pulls me most away from anything synthetic existing is the idea of love and understanding and community. Love is my religion. Um, and I, I mean that genuinely. I yeah. love you. 
I love everyone. I love everything because um, my my friends call me annoyingly positive. You know, like like I said earlier, I didn't. I don't. Uh, I don't skip a beat when something goes wrong because there are going to be setbacks, and I'm just glad that that setback wasn't twice as bad as it was. I just keep going, and it's created a almost like a bulldozer effect that has kind of hardened me where I don't get attached. You know how uh, I call it making friends with your, the monsters in your closet. I also call it uh, perfecting your left hand because I mean, we all, as we get older, we start to kind of like mold life based on our strengths. The problem with that is, is that your strengths are your strengths. Your weaknesses get weaker. They get atrophied like your body. So what I try to do now is I try to make myself as uncomfortable as possible, as often as possible. I try to put my good hand behind my back and try to only use my bad hand in life and really like just look at myself at almost like a waller. It's almost like depression, but it's self-inflicted to motivate myself. What I learned about myself is that what you want for me or you putting money in front of me, it really just, it can get something out of me. But to get the most out of me, it has to be me wanting to show me. And my life is a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle like this. The tortoise and the hare isn't about a race. It's about that fucking turtle is still moving forward. Forward is forward. You, There's no shortcuts that's going to last. Now, there's shortcuts for you to get to the next step, but then you got to catch back up so that you can get to the next step. I think a lot of people don't realize there are levels to this. There's levels to everything. Like you hear Rappel, Rapp, Drake will say, and I actually think it's funny, but they'll be like, there's levels to this shit because, you know, once you get to another level, you, it's almost like in the gym when you, when you plateau and then you re, you break through that plateau, there's an entire new world to, to relearn. So people are like werewolves is to kind of have a, like a, an alternate theory ranking system where you know, a one is something that everybody can believe, you know, that, that, uh, that cigarettes kill you. And they spent a lot, they didn't admit that till 1998. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And those are things that's a one on the, on the, you know, cause that's anybody can believe that, but can a lot of people believe that, um, there, there are 129 deep underground military bases in America right now. Uh, most people can't believe that. I would, yeah, I would. Makes well, sense. well, there are, I mean, there are supposedly 129 underground facilities in America where the military operates or what have you. But wouldn't the military need to be up here to protect us? Like, what they really have under there is, is other they're things. Protect, they're protected. One thing that they have is they have uh, resources um, like the elite. That's where they'll go if there's an apocalypse. So there's a lot of there's like underground cities that already exist. 
so that if anything, if shit hits the fan, boom, they're good. You know, they're, they're good. But there's also, um, if people want to Google D U L C E now that spells Dulce, but it actually pronounced Dolce. Dolce is an underground base. That's based in New Mexico. Now, Delta is a pretty crazy place, man. Now, if you believe what thousands of pages of evidence on YouTube, on the internet, on it, it actually released documents, if you want to believe what they say, it goes against what you've been taught. It's scary, but some of the things are pretty epic. Like um, human cloning has existed since about right after World War II, and on some of these levels, that's what they do. They clone humans. Um, on even lower levels, they actually splice human DNA with alien DNA. There are people who have come out and spoken about it and are now dead from suicide or whatever that have said that they were workers on the seventh or whatever it is floor and you don't know what else is, like I said, you're on a need-to-know basis. So you don't know what's going on on level one. You don't know what's going on on level six. You, all you know is like your little office or whatever, you know. But his, in his whatever, there were cages of animals that were half alien and half human. And they would beg you to help them. Jesus. But they were just there. But they're just there for experiments. And see, uh, the U.S. has a super soldier program. If you, I mean, like this is Google. I mean, that, this is true. And they're basically trying to figure out. Were you pulling all that info? Where is all this info? This website you, you said? Google, you know, if you Google Dolce, uh, there's thousands of pages. Uh, I mean, you, you'll go. It's a, you'll, I mean, you can decide what you believe, but there's, there's too much evidence. There's even pictures of the entrance and stuff. There's there's YouTube videos of truckers going down into these things. Just truckers with their GoPros. They don't even realize what they're GoProing, but it but they're like bringing supplies down, you know, hundreds of miles. Supposedly, there's okay. There there is this is true. There is patented evidence. Uh, there's a patent for a drill that actually melts rock. So this drill uh, is. There's a patent for it. This drill melts rock, and it actually turns the uh, the sides of the wall into glass. So it's like uh, uh, it smooths the surfaces of the wall. So this thing can can do like eight or ten miles a day. And there are uh, underground subway systems that go to each country, and they go at like what? mock. They, they go at mock speed. Come on, man. You're stretching me now, man. Underground. Man, look, do you man, think underground I didn't come out the blue? This is like, look, the, the patents are, you, like, this is not just me thinking this is crazy. Okay, tell me something. Uh, did you watch Making a Murderer? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Now, this goes not just for Making a Murderer, but someone can really identify with it through Making a Murderer. In this country, remember I told you that relationship between uh, the trust in a relationship and how it's kind of weird. It's different when you're talking about uh, a, co a corporation. Mm -hmm. Well, we also have biases when it comes to the government. Like um, in this country, you can put a man to death based on circumstantial evidence. Okay. 
Yeah. Meaning you can't put A to B, but you got A to C or A to D or what have you. You know, you can actually put a man to death over circumstantial evidence. But all conspiracy theories are really are, most of them are based on circumstantial evidence. But the problem is, is that we're, it's, it's the poor people trying to expose the rich who have the money and they're good at covering their tracks. Not only are they good at covering their tracks, but they could even tell you and you wouldn't believe it. So it's like a lot of the things that they talk about, they look, people don't know this. It's fucking right on the Internet. I mean, you can find it in the Encyclopedia Britannica. In 1979, the CIA had to go in front of the Supreme Court. They had to explain this new uh, weapon that they had. It was a gun. This gun shoots frozen darts. These darts are not water. They're poison. The frozen dart would go into your body. It would melt once it's in your body. It would just leave the tiniest prick, which wouldn't even bleed. The person would have a heart attack within minutes. They had, they are on the video on the news showing this gun and explaining how it works. What the fuck, man? How many people who died of heart attacks could have possibly been killed? This is the scary thing is what, like 9-11 is usually the thing that gets people because 9-11 is the biggest thing that has ever happened in our lifetime, okay? And for people to realize that they may have lied to us about 9-11 it's usually the like the match that gets people's curiosity going and then the next level is you learn things about other things and then because you were able to prove one thing and believe that that was possible well fuck anything's kind of possible and then that's why you start to get excited and then a lot of these things there's just as much evidence granted it's circumstantial but it is like it's the same thing that puts people away for for life but it's just like they like for example i can tell you this if if you disappear here shortly i'm uh i'll pick up the torch and start all the all the the shouting myself right now because man you keep checking the door there man no no but um you know the wow i don't know why they'd still be using those same shitty oil drills and spilling all that stuff that they got underground mach 4 sub subways to countries that's that's out there well, that's actually not out there, man. Look at this. Okay, they've got us talking about going to Mars, right? But think about this: if if some of the animals that we had on this planet we found on Mars, they'd be an alien. But because sure. they're on this planet, they're not an alien. Sure, there's See, some deep diving animals that are the most totally- uh, the most uh, logical thing for me on how we got here was probably as organic matter on some sort of a asteroid that hit the earth and it left it behind. And then we grew Joe Rogan believe, well, I don't know if Joe Rogan believes, but he has said on his podcast that it's possible and makes sense that uh, psilocybin mushrooms are actually aliens that you can only communicate with when you ingest them. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I I can say I've been on a I've been on a few of those uh, uh, before, and I've come out referencing naturally they I I have to, I mean that's honest I don't want to you know I don't want to sound as crazy as you bro because you're winning right now but if I but if but truthfully I've come out of those and and referenced they and caught myself going what the what's they who wait a minute who am I 
who was showing me all the shitty things about my life? Who was showing me all the things I needed to change? You're right. And I've heard arguments, you know, it's our, it's your inner conscience, things you knew already that you're bringing to a forefront with the use of dimethyltryptamine. Right. I mean, but I, I, I'm just speaking honestly, I have come out of that before and been in many conversations and said they, and then they're like, who the hell are you talking about? And I'm like, I just say they to save conversation to have, save explaining this shit, you know, cause I'm just telling you what happened, you know? Now, uh, if, if you really want something that you won't be able to prove wrong, but that you will question everything about your existence, you need to research the Donald Marshall Revolution. Okay, okay. Donald Marshall is this guy. He's a Canadian that lives in Nova Scotia. And he makes these absolutely outrageous claims and here's what he says he says that he at night when he's sleeping his consciousness gets transferred into a clone these clones are stored in these arenas in secret places around the world these arenas are arenas where okay so the elite Use these clones for sexual and violent satisfaction. If they see a pretty girl on TV, they can actually use her DNA through through her doctor to clone this girl and then fuck this girl. And then, but she has to be asleep because when you're in REM sleep is when they can plug in your consciousness and then you become this thing. Now, people think that they're, having near-death experiences or they went into the astral realm or they went into the fifth dimension would really, supposedly, according to Donald Marshall, they're actually plugged into their clones. And it take, there's a couple of different types of clones, but he says that... Now uh, you, are you in on this one? You believe it? You, you fully well, I'll tell you No, I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you this. Uh, he connects a lot of the dots in a lot of things. You need to look up David Icke. David Icke, I-C-K-E. He's a British guy. He used to be a uh, – he, he played professional soccer. And uh, in 1992, he was – I think it was 92, 91, 92. He was in a bookstore, and he felt – something urge him to go into this section and this section was about conspiracies and things so he started reading and he started to get these crazy ideas and he fought, felt like they were inspired not by god necessarily as we see it but by a higher power to be a messenger for us and a lot he has he speaks at 12 hour events that have hundreds of thousands of people okay he's he's the most famous conspiracy theorist in the world he believes such crazy things that the aliens underground use the moon as a as a antenna. It's not it's hollow, and that there's an antenna that's shooting that. Remember that beam I was telling you about that could dumb us down. He believes it's coming from the moon. That the moon is actually a, an actual Death Star. Like that. Did you do you do you? Oh, know, it, so it's so the. They're using that. So the aliens are underground. The rich people are also underground. Or no, the, no, I'm sorry. The military, our military is underground. Right? Our military. No, they just call these things underground military bases oh. so that when they get exposed, because, I mean, you can't hide. I mean, you know, then they can say they're for military use. But then if you ask what type of military use, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get, oh, well, that's classified. We can't tell Area you. Area 54 things. shit. 
which is really just us saying, ha ha, we, we don't have to tell you. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking like Area 54 type stuff, right? Area 51. 51. Now, Sorry, shit. That's okay. Have you ever heard? Um, okay, so uh, you ever heard of MK Ultra? Yes, I know it's ringing. Yes, but from 1955 or 56 to about 1975, the CIA. Uh, conducted mind control experience, experiments under the program called MK Ultra. Now, was, it, was this proved like a fifty foot? The guy from like fifty feet away, like read the dude's mind or something like that. Now that's called projecting. That is when you're able to use other parts of your brain, or that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, all right, yeah, um, I'm off. Go ahead. No, that's okay. What I'm talking about is that. Hmm. Let me see the best way to explain this. I'm going to pause that conversation for a second. Okay, no worries. No worries. Because I want to ask you, who are you going to vote for for president? Or who do you see as a fit candidate for president? Nobody. Can I tell you my take on it? Because I know you want to hear. So check this out. <laughs> Republican race is a bunch of crazies, obviously. I mean, uh, Marco Rubio has a little bit of character uh, traits that I like. I mean, maybe in 20 years or maybe in like, you know, 14, you know, I think Marco Rubio could eventually be a president. He kind of like has. I definitely that. would not be voting for that guy. Not this guy. Well, now I'm talking about a marketing Okay, so I look at the president as a marionette. Oh, I got you. I got you. So, Mark Rubio could be a decent product for the Republican Party very shortly. Exactly. And use him and, like, you know, just because that's the agenda is what's important. The person is really just like, who is the least, who's the most vanilla or the most person that we can get? You know, like Sarah Palin, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they got some craziness. Well, right now, I mean, they're pretty. There's what two Tea Partiers in uh, Cruz and Rubio, and then Donald Trump, the the psycho racist guy, uh, running there too. The other guy, I forget his name, but that John guy, Kasich, he's he's actually pretty good. He's the Ohio. Um, no, if I had to pick all four of them, he's probably the least of the four evils, maybe. But yeah. it's still a political party. So, and even on the other side, you got fucking warmongering Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Clinton, and Bernie may be talking a lot of love and togetherness and cetera. But I still can't trust somebody that's been in the government that long. You know, well, so um, so I agree with everything you say. Um, I will say that. Um, the most important thing, uh, there's a movie called Ethos, E-T-H-O-S. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Okay, where uh, Woody Harrelson breaks it down yeah. very good. I think you need to see that. Uh, anybody who ha- who's going to vote, watch that first. Yeah. Um, but um, the, the, the two-party system, you're voting for the same thing. Yeah. The, the, what, where they differ are social issues like abortion or gay marriage. Like those, are, those are what we use as an illusion to choose, but really we're choosing the same thing. Yep. Either yep. one, you're pro-life or pro-choice, but you're still choosing the same thing. Agreed. Um, but here's my problem with Republicans. I, I, 
I'm a liberal person. I'm, I believe that the farthest we can push humanity to understand each other, to empathize with each other, to realize that it's our ideas and our effort that matters and not our skin and not our anything. Until we can get to that point, um, I think that we need to try as hard as we can for everyone to, uh, to, be, to be blind, colorblind. You know, like I thought I was black until last week. You know, like somebody was like, you're a handsome white guy. And I punched him in the face because he's like, uh, I'm like, I'm not a fucking white guy. What the fuck are you talking about? No, I'm just, I'm just joking. Um, but so we, what the fuck was I saying, man? You told me jokes don't work on this thing. And here I am. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you were connecting a few. Okay. Things. You know, hold on. So I'm, I'm connecting, I'm connecting the, the political dots. So um, Republicans or conservative, let's use conservative versus liberal, because that's really kind of where the line is drawn. I'm actually kind of fiscally conservative. I think we need to like make sure we know where our money's going and don't take more than we need to. But I'm very socially liberal. I think that uh, even transgender people deserve just as much rights as, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what the group is. Even if it's one person, as long as they can justify their differences, they should get, have, you know, whatever. Yeah, if we all want freedoms, you got to be able, you got to be okay with somebody waving the rebel flag as well as you got to be with somebody waving another flag. I mean, you got to, you, you have to be fine with that. With the freedom comes the open freedoms to all. Well, I think the, uh, the, the line in the sand comes when um, uh, conservatives, uh, instead of, accepting that change is inevitable and trying to more responsibly manage change than the Democrats or the liberals. They try to act as though change is not happening and try to live on outdated principles. Well, there's a lot of fear mongering going on. I mean, we used to be great. The, the, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. It's a ro- It's over. Put us in there and we'll make you great again. And I'm kind of like, man, I mean, with that pitch, Jesus. Well, well, one of the things, you know, I have a lot of uh, uh, people from my life on my uh, social media and you get to kind of get their uh, political views. And what a lot of them, uh, like uh, a lot of people have this, uh, you know, I've lived in the coastal cities, the bigger cities, you get less of it because it's more liberal because it's more you know, diverse. But um, you get a lot of uh, where people don't. don't necessarily trust somebody that's not like how they are. If there, um, if there's any differences, I mean, shit, in some places, even here in Tennessee, I mean, even being a woman's not that great, you know, much less being gay or black or Muslim. I mean, even being a woman is fucking like dangerous. And it's like, how do we fucking live in a world in the same state where, you know, we got people advocating for women's rights. I mean, what does it say about our country when women have only had rights for 50 years, 60 years, or blacks have only had rights for 50 or 60 years? What the fuck is going on? Like, you know what it is? Is it's conservative values being afraid that they can't teach their children about diversity because they're afraid they can't trust their children to make good decisions. If you raise your kid right, your kid will make good decisions when it's presented with these opportunities that you're so scared, of, you know, like of, of them uh, coming in contact with. 
Yeah, I mean, the fear holds a lot of people back on all ends. And, and you're right, It's I'm so tired of the elections that come to the lesser of the evils. I wish I could have an election to where I'm going, I can't decide who's better. I'm really deciding who's less worse. Yeah, man, but the part that scares me the most is, you may even be guilty of this, is thinking that the president has really power. any power. He's a fucking puppet. And for so, the most part, the Congress is doing everything. I'm not even talking. Let, let, let's, let's, let's think about this. Well, you're going to go back to the Illuminati then. Well, no. Well, no. I'm going to make just a very obvious reference. Uh, the president of the United States is the most powerful man in our country by definition. Okay? One country out of the world. Multinational corporations deal like that. Coca-Cola might be in 200 different countries. Okay. So if America, uh, if, um, if the American government were to complain about what Coca-Cola was doing, Coca-Cola could say, who the fuck are you? You're one fucking country. I'll just fucking pull all my fucking Dr. Pepper off the shelves. Then what's going to happen? People are going to be like, where the fuck is my Dr. Pepper? And then those people are going to blame the government as though the government pulled that off of the shelves, when in actuality, it was a leverage play by the corporation because they actually do have more power than any one country. Well, dude, the TPP agreement says that, the Trans-Pacific, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Partnership. I mean, those are the, the, you ever heard of the Trilateral Commission? This is, I mean, this is essentially in the same kind of realm as you're just passing out the power to lawyers, corporate lawyers that make decisions for your local community. Did you know that the American Cancer Society is uh, one of the most valuable businesses, if it were a business in the world, and has less than like a 25% approval rating? It, yeah. was started, it was started by the Rockefeller Foundation, so it's oil money. But they're not necessarily trying to cure cancer. And so a lot of their money goes to their board members and these programs, which are, you know, whatever. They're half-assing. But they're making, I mean, imagine how many, like, March of Dimes things there are that all go to these people's pockets. It's a, it. It's a tax shelter of sorts. Yeah. A lot of people, my daughter even knows this. We, um, one of her products actually that she makes, she makes this real eco uh, friendly product that we're going to be selling on a store that we're launching here soon. And, um, you know, I thought about, you know, you could donate some things or whatever. She goes, no, no, uh, I don't want to donate to nonprofit corporations. They're a middleman. Can't let's just donate it directly to a specific person for a That's certain awesome, reason. Absolutely. You know, and that younger generation is seeing that, you know, they're starting to see why, you know, and you're right. The tax havens, the philanthropy, I mean, hell, Goodwill is one of them. The Salvation Army, these guys make billions of billions of dollars and the nonprofit just. You you know, what's funny is Goodwill, Goodwill is actually a private company, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, but his his marketing scheme was to make you think that, you know, it's a, a nonprofit. It's for profit. He makes money. He just basically is advertising to come. You come bring him your shit and he'll fucking sell it and keep all the money. Uh, but, you know, employ disabled people for one fifth of a salary and then exactly. be noted and get the media to run out. What a great company that promotes the disabled and pays $2 a day. Have you ever heard of someone who is so influential, but not very popular? His name is 
Eddie Bernays or Edwin Edward Bernays is his name. It's B E R N A Y S. Edward Bernays uh, was actually the nephew or the grandson of Sigmund Freud. So you'd think, damn, Sigmund Freud's famous guy. Well, Edward Bernays is even more important. What he did is he coined the term public relations. You see, back before Edwin Bernays, politicians and corporations and businesses, what they would do is their philosophy was, we'll just beat the truth into these people and eventually they'll start to absorb it. Now, what Edward Bernays said is, it's not working. Let's pray to their fears and make them emotionally invested without realizing it. And now our fears of keeping up with the Joneses and all the things that come with consumerism are pretty much based around them no longer telling us the truth about things, them lying to us and us allowing that. Now, here's the crazy part. We should not allow co companies to lie to us. I mean, you shouldn't be allowed to. Yeah. Now, here's the crazy part. Um, in San Francisco right now, they want to pass an ordinance where all sodas have to have a warning label on them, right? And if people think, oh, that's ridiculous, whatever they think. Well, here's the thing. People are still going to buy it if they want to buy it, just like they still buy cigarettes, even though they have a warning label on them. But you may sell less with that label on there. And that's bad for business. And when business is funding your campaign or your, your group or your research study or whatever, you kind of got to sell out to the business. But if you put a Muslim in a, okay, Muslims and Jews couldn't probably, there's probably no two groups of people that hate each other more for, for stupid reasons. I mean, I don't mean to be disrespectful. When I say stupid reasons, I mean we're all humanity and there's no reason that um, all of us can't get along. But the reason I call them stupid is because if you put a Muslim and you put a Jewish baby in a crib together, they're not going to try to kill each other. They're going to suck each other's thumbs or do what babies do or toddlers do. They're going to, even if they're, Right. Same thing on our podcast yesterday. He leaned in. It was like a, an Asian baby, black baby, white baby. They're just going to play around with each other, hang out. These things are taught. Hate is taught. Fear is taught. Social constructs. I mean, the fact of racism itself is a social construct. Well, racism is to divide us. The funny thing about racism is there are a lot of stereotypes that are just hard to ignore. Um, and, you know, we get called name. you know, we're afraid to tackle them and we're afraid to accept that there are just stereotypes. Like um, I was talking to a girl today when I was Ubering and I was like, she's like, did you play basketball? You're tall. I was like, yeah, I'm white. You know, I was white. So, and she was like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, well, you know, what does that mean? And we kind of discussed it because they're stereotypes, you know. White guys aren't as good at basketball as I mean. There's all different, not just well, black guys. The but fact that you're a tall guy that played basketball. 
even though the numbers are huge, that if you're over seven foot, more than no, exactly. I mean, there are plenty of uh, things that help, but there's no one thing that's the cause of it. But it's just funny because we 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 put stereotypes on everything, you know. And um, I like to be the uh, the thing that breaks stereotypes. Like um, there's there's nothing like what what this is. Let me give you an example. Anytime uh, I get a, an old person or a black person on a paddleboard and swimming and stuff, I, I get real proud because most people have this assumption that if you're black, you can't swim, which is bullshit. So, or if you're old, that you can't that you can't uh, paddleboard, or if you're uh, a Muslim, then you don't eat pork. Or if you're white, then you, you know, you have money or you have privilege. But the fact of the matter is, is, is in any case, you'll find people who break those stereotypes. So those stereotypes are really just shortcuts for our brains. Can you imagine when you went on that rant earlier, I wanted to say this, but could you imagine if every decision that we make throughout the day you had to sit and think about and not compare to the same decision that you made earlier in order to draw from you. It would be, you couldn't get through life because you'd be like, Oh, uh, what do I do? Do I unlock the door? You know, you, you have to kind of, uh, you know, kind of streamline things. But I think a lot of times we streamline things to the individual and that's dangerous because you don't know somebody's, Life, you can't, although you and I relate because we, we have a lot of the same goals, there are plenty of things that I would probably be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? And vice versa. Yeah, there's, well, I say I even, uh, damn, I write that. There's no way to fully understand anybody. The algorithms are too many. Or even understand yourself, though, man, because you change every day. That's why I say the one phrase I don't like it when people say it is that's just who I am. Like, stop saying that shit because anything not not works is just the way it is, you know, because I I complain a lot about institutions and institutions are big, but they're just groups of people. They're just groups of people. Right. Just like individuals. So people, you know, people think, well, you know, it is, you know, that's just how it is. Nothing is just how it is. You must go fucking crazy. Listen to my podcast when I start going off and you got to start throwing shit at it. Going, That's what I'm saying. Uh, That's why I'm saying we, we relate on so many things, but there are plenty. I'm sure that we would completely disagree on. But yeah, that's what makes two the underground Mach four subways. I'm, I'm going to have to you're on your own there. Do me a favor. Do one hour worth of research and then tell me that I'm on my own, which is fine. Deal. Deal. But look it up. And I mean, you can see, okay, the thing is, is people uh, like when I'm trying to find out information about whether or not a conspiracy theory is full of shit or whatever it is, um, a lot of times you got to sit through like an hour long documentary or things like that. Well, what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to get is I want to have, you know, two or three minute, one minute videos that give you the important stuff. If you want to learn more, you can get, you can dig deeper yourself, but just to kind of bring these things up and make them make them make sense to more people because yeah because i think that there's 
there's uh, something crooked going on at all times that somebody can relate to that can help them feel like some of these other things might be happening. Yeah, man. I, uh, that's well, look, we, I want you to keep coming back. I, this is fun. We got to like, we got to do it, but I want to be able to come back now that I know that yeah, we can you ask me some stuff and talk. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, now, no, what's good is I, I love this type of shit. That's why I do it is because me too. I, me too. I, write, I write the description of the show and I'm writing, you know, paddleboard guy and enthusiast for mental health and exercise. Right. That's I'm part I'm, of it too, but that, I, you know, I get you. But I walk into that and now I'm getting Mach 4 subway. I'm getting wild, amazing. Like, just like I got shit to do now. I appreciate it. Now I got more fucking homework to do. And well, here's what's crazy though. Just check this out, okay? I, li- I lived in Orlando for a long time, okay? I left a good paying, high, a good paying job to give that up to do this full time and re educate myself. And this is where I'm at in my journey. Nowhere near where I'm going. But a lot closer because I, you know, I'm following. If you if you follow your passions in life, you know, it's. It, I mean, dude, you know that. I mean, like, it's life is a totally different thing. It's like, uh, in my opinion, even a hundred years is nothing. Is nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing. I mean, we strive, I think, uh, as individuals to to try to put out this something great, man. And my last fungi trip it was answering me when it said, well, here we go with they where it's, you know, uh, it's not about doing something great. It's about being a great person. And I think we've moved so fast to try to acquire to uh, gain acquisitions and experiences that sometimes we we don't realize that not everything's forgotten. You can ask most people who the most who the tenth president was, and and most people don't know. I mean, so even at one point, the most so called famous person is forgotten. I mean, the idea of legacy and destiny is almost irrational. I mean, it's irrational to chase your legacy. Are you, I mean, hell, you can almost say the reason parents shove their own beliefs down their kid's throat is some sort of form of immortality being sought after, you know, when we shove ourselves down our throat, down their throats. But, um, you know, I'm guilty too. So, yeah, yeah, we could, we could go down. And that's funny is that, yeah, I almost didn't get to the point. All of that description. And instead, I get all of this, man. I got more than I bit off. Dude, I love this shit. Like this was great, man. Well, I want to say that uh, you know what what people need to realize is that most of the time, not just sometimes, but most of the time, when you are looking on Facebook and you see somebody who got something that you want, they probably did something that you wouldn't do in order to do what mm-hmm. that is that you want. So don't think that just because you would have done it based on what the way you wish it would have gone down is how it really went down. That girl may have, you know, there's no tell of what somebody had done to get access to what they get access to. And don't pretend like you know how they got access to it. Understand that you can only be as good, but you want to be better today than you were yesterday. And if you do that enough times, you're going forward 365 times every year. You got to look at it like you're going to be 70, got, uh, you know, if you make it that far. But you want, if you, if from now to 70, you were better every day, imagine how great you'd be. You might even turn into a freaking, uh, a red dwarf star because you're, you're immortal. I mean, who knows, man? Because, I mean, think about it. Like every day is an opp- the only opportunity you have. Uh, tomorrow is just part of the imagination. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Tomorrow does not exist. Now plan for tomorrow and, 
have, I have goals for tomorrow, but tomorrow doesn't exist. It's only in here right now. Actually, uh, it's 448 in Nashville right now. Five o'clock doesn't exist. If I don't live 448, I can't get to five o'clock. Stop wishing your life away. Stop, stop looking forward to, uh, to, to go into the beach in July Live right now. Live right now. Find what you want to do for work that's going to make it to where you don't got to go to the beach in July. You ain't got time because you love your job so much that the beach is just going to distract you unless you want to move to the beach. Then do that and work from there. Because you, the opportunity, that's something that is one thing that you can't blame other people that you didn't get. You did get an opportunity. Oscar Pistorius didn't have legs. That's all I'm saying. Oscar Pistorius is in the Olympics, and the motherfucker didn't even have legs. If he had legs, he might not be in jail. But that's not the point. He proves that whatever you're bitching about, just just quit bitching because you got your legs. And if you don't got your legs, but you still got two arms, you got your arms. We could just be a brain in a vat somewhere, though. Who knows? The self. That's a cognitive rampage. Keep going. Keep going. You're riding okay. now. So check this out. Uh, religion versus science. Those are the two problems because they're head to head. But they're really not because science tells us that there was a big bang. Religion tells us that there was nothing and then there was God spoke it into existence. Well, that's both technically a big bang. The only difference between the two is that religion puts a consciousness onto that Big Bang and science considers it to be random events. But either way, either way, that means at one time in the past, everything that ever was fit on a fingertip. That means that you and I used to be the very same thing. And that means that your enemies and your enemies' friends and your ancestors and trees and aliens, everything used to be like right in that same thing. So maybe the explosion was an opportunity for the universe or this, this consciousness to experience itself from all these individual points of view. You're the universe experiencing yourself from your point of view, and I'm the very same universe experiencing life completely different, but we're both experiencing life, and we're both part of the same universe. And those things, religious people and scientists agree about. So why can't we be humanity? Because we're killing this earth if we don't, there's 1,800 billionaires in this world, 1,842 technically. Now, there's 7 billion people. 49% of those people do not have access to electricity or water. Yet, out of the 51%, 1,800 of those people are billionaires. So I asked the question. Why do these people not have access to these things? And it's obvious answer. That's more thinkers. That's more people to control. That's double the population 
how the fuck can we control this whole population? It's hard enough to control the population as it is. So they prevent us from putting water. They prevent us from, uh, you know, like uh, they, they, even philanthropists put their money into other things. 49% of humanity, roughly about 3.4 billion people, something crazy like that, doesn't have access to both or either water or electricity. In, in, in 2016. I mean, it's the excess, man. It's the excess and the, the need for that, man. The control. I mean, and people just... You know what? It doesn't matter because tomorrow their kid has Taekwondo and then they have to take old married about, you know what I mean? It's just they got things to do, dude. And if they don't get these things done, well, then my journey won't be good. And I have to go to the next step and to the next step and to the next step. And well, there's always steps until you just run out and you're old sitting on a beach dying. I mean, yeah, you're going to have to exist. So you might as well make it the best that you can. See, Hmm. uh, I think self-confidence is the most important thing that we possess. And that's why I started, see, I, I teach yoga before I teach, like if I personally train you, I'll get you doing stretching and yoga first, because if you don't, okay, I started yoga recently. I'm talking a couple of years ago. Before then, if you would have asked me, I would have told you, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm somewhat athletic. I, I know who I am. I know myself. Within a couple of months of doing yoga full time, I realized I didn't even know anything about my own body, much less like the, how can I think I know about the world around me when I just now noticed this muscle here that I had never, it was in my body for 36 years and I never noticed it. You have to start with your breath. Once you breath, breathing is something that we do inherently, but if you're able to control your breath or, or breathe and, and, and it leads to meditation, you're going to be able to, uh, see, one of the biggest problems is these, like the ADD that we have. If you're meditating or if you're like trying to control your breathing or, you know, trying to, uh, these things lead to confidence that you can do. Anytime you do anything new, you are not only making connections in your brain that rewire to actually make those habits, but you're also subconsciously teaching yourself, see, I told you you could. And that's what we need because most of the time we see things as insurmountable that are really just irrational fears. If one dog bites you, that doesn't mean that every dog's going to bite you. It's just irrational. But some dogs, you know, like some dogs aren't taught correctly and they're going to bite, you know? I mean, you just don't know that. It's like putting your hand on the oven. I mean, you got some things you got to learn the hard way. Man, I'm, we on the same wavelength, bro. We we got a lot of we share similar vibrations, as you I said. told you, man. For sure. I mean, still the Mach Four subways going well, far. Probably uh, about ten other theories too. But another law of the universe is the law of attraction. I'm sure you know that one. The movie The Secret. Likes attract likes. Thoughts become things. What you're thinking about is what you manifest. If you're thinking negative, if everybody you meet is an asshole. You're the asshole <laughs> because you're thinking negative things and you're projecting them on all your people around you. So likes attract likes. We're that's what social capital is. You, uh, you know, uh, I'm rich in social capital. I got friends everywhere, but 
of financial capital when you do a lot of things uh, for free because you just really can't charge somebody for something that you enjoy doing. Uh, you got to you, you got to rely on social capital, and that's what that is. Well, expand your social capital a little bit and uh, put people out where they can find you, man. Your websites, your social media, well, Twitter. Uh, you can find me in either Knoxville or Nashville, Tennessee, and we can have a discussion in person if you'd like. That would be the most fun for me. But that might be unrealistic. You may live somewhere else. You can reach me on any social media, Jason Crabtree. I mean, there's not that too many of them. Yes, put Crab and Tree together. Um, also, you know, uh, I, I got a couple of things. Jacob Reynolds Music, uh, LB Ballard Music, a couple of people that are uh, here in Nashville, my family members that I'm, uh, they're werewolves too. We're trying to Trying to make every, you're in a werewolf. I'm gonna get you some shirts, some stickers. I'm gonna get you to promote that shit for me. We're gonna have a good time. Yeah, with this, we'll, come up, we'll put some up in the cave. I'm I looking it. forward to it, man. Um, I love it. A werewolf. Uh, uh, my acceptance speech here, real quick. I'd like to thank Danny McNamara for putting this together today. This has been a great experience, and we owe it all to you, Howie. Um, we, do. we owe it to you, Howie. Oh man, rest in peace, man. Um, I know it, man. But uh, it's been it's been fun. I'm not gonna get off here until you force me to. So you say what you got to say or whatever, whatever you got to do. I'm sure you got kids to go feed or whatever. I don't know. No, no. I uh, she's 16. She feeds herself now. She's <laughs> driving, yeah, she's that, driving that, herself now, bro. Freaking terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, man, she's. Uh, I don't know, man. I got lucky, man. Everybody kept telling me, wait till she's 10, wait till she's 12, wait till she's 13, and the wait till never happened. I mean, um, don't believe in luck, man. Luck is not luck and superstition do not exist. It's habits. You you taught her good habits from the time she was born. What do you expect? You're going to get a good person that makes good decisions. Don't you dare rob yourself of the credit that you deserve. But also, (laughs) but also don't, don't think you're too awesome either. And we turned into a pumpkin. That's what happens when we hit the three hour mark in a podcast. Um, it, cuts us down so uh but i thought it was the proper way to end it right uh is don't get too sure of yourself either um i think that's a good statement for all of us man and uh i'm sure he would have said i love you to everybody else like we always end the podcast by telling our guests i love you and getting everybody comfortable with doing so but um yeah if that's not a mindful of competence and questioning give you hours worth of research to start doing i don't know i don't know what else does but you know, if you find yourself questioning or saying no way or whatever to something, dive into it. Don't simply just block it off as something else or ask a friend, you know, get into it. Uh, research it some. It's okay. You know, uh, I like to say that if you can't argue both sides of the argument, then you are not fully competent and perhaps you could be naive. So you have to know A and B of both conversations and be able to argue them both, in my humble opinion, to be fully competent which is why you saw me stay out of a lot of those theories and conversations because I am not fully confident in a lot of that research and uh, uh, theoretical perspectives. I'm, I'm just not. I can't argue both sides. I knew some, but as you saw, I just stood back and took his perception and competence, and I'll do my own research as Hopefully this uh, podcast pushed you to do, but uh, you can find uh, Jason Crabtree on Facebook. Uh, you can look up Paddleboard Knoxville, where he's an instructor. He uh, does yoga and some other things as well uh, through Paddleboard Knoxville. Uh, it's a pretty cool concept. I like uh, what he's doing with the paddleboard and nature and uh, mental health. 
and he also is the founder of the Talum Foundation. Uh, it's a education basically trying to show the connection between mind and body and bringing awareness to the positive effects of mental health through exercise. Uh, we didn't get to talk much about his foundation, but um, he will be on the podcast again, I promise you that. Uh, so, But uh, you can look all that up at... Um, at the Talum org, T-A-L-U-M dot org, uh, and you can see um, what his movement's all about, what his vision, what his quest is, what he's trying to push. But um, I appreciate you coming on, uh, Jason. It was enlightening. It was fun. Those are the conversations that I live for. That's a cognitive rampage uh, to its finest. But uh, for all of you out there, I hope you're taking care of you. Love you. Hope you're living your cognitive rampage. <laughs>